show is about to start in Right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, Sinorama, located in West Columbia, Sinorama.com, built by the Barndo Co., the Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home in four states, the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee, the barndominiumco.com. If you've never checked them out, you probably should. If you are in the market to build a home, you'll want to build it with them. It's something you've never seen before, and they're popping up everywhere. Cannot thank them enough for what they do for us and for what they do for people across those four states, the barndominiumco.com. And of course, we are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is fantastic. The Chicken Cock Challenge button is in the chief sports app and if you click on that you can find it in a store near you chicken cock whiskey proudly serving our program and our network we're hoping to get jc in here in a little bit he's obviously in columbia he's got some nil meetings going on uh so we'll see when he can or can't pop in but we do have mad dog here until two o'clock myself jb will be joined at noon until two by the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan, who had an amazing game last night, Mississippi state upset Tennessee in Starkville. And uh, we will certainly speak to him about that, but you also may have heard it's a busy day, right? Breaking news. Matter of fact, the last 24 hours, the entire football world has turned upside down. Nick Saban retiring Bill Belichick out in new England, Pete Carroll out in Seattle. What the hell is going on? It's all happened at one time. So we're going we're gonna to go about it the best way we know how to go about it around here with people know, who know a little bit more than we do. But we'll take a couple of different angles specific to Nick Saban. We'll be joined today by Chad Holbrook. Of course, he has an awesome podcast, Chin Music, and he'll be here at 1120 to talk about the latest episode that dropped this morning with Charles Esten, one of the most talented dudes out there in anything actor, singer, songwriter, you name it. Coach Holbrook, uh, we'll talk about that. But certainly, uh, as a coach, he followed the man at South Carolina. He followed Coach Tanner. What's it like to follow the dude? Because somebody has to do it at Alabama now. So we'll get his thoughts on that. 
Uh, coming up in the one o'clock hour, it will be back to back Stephen Garcia and head football coach Shane Beamer. Garcia beat the tide back in 2010, October 9th to be specific. We certainly will talk about that game uh, and a whole lot more with him. And then Coach Beamer is going to stop in as well and uh, certainly give his thoughts on on all these guys who are retiring, specifically Nick Saban and how long he's been able to do it uh, at the collegiate level. I know uh, everybody out there would love to have his resume, so can't wait to get Coach Beamer in as well and uh, really happy that he accepted our invite to come on today. Uh, the college basketball world has been shaken up in the last 48 hours or so. If the SEC has proved anything, who knows what's going to happen by the end of the season. So looking forward to getting uh, getting Mike Morgan in to, to give his thoughts on all those type things. Gamecocks have a new quarterback via the transfer portal. He is a walk-on. Uh, we'll get there in just a little while as well. Uh, but, uh, Phil, yeah, it's it's been a long time since you've had this much news, really, at least from the coaching profession it's all unfolded. You think about how many wins those three individuals have all put together. I don't know if Pete Carroll will coach again or if Bill Belichick will will coach again and where they will or won't, but there's a possibility that none of them uh, will coach again, including Nick Saban and, uh, and, and the legacy that the three of them, all the championships that they've won, all those type things. It's really just amazing that in the last, you know, basically 24 hours, they've all said goodbye to the jobs that just 48 hours ago we all thought they'd be in for as long as they wanted to be there. So crazy stuff, but uh, glad to be here. Glad to have all of you as well. Make sure you've downloaded the Chief Sports app if you haven't. And uh, those in the Nanosports chat box, we'll try to fuss and discuss as much as we can over the next few hours. And um, certainly looking forward to all of our guests on the McKellar Enterprises guest lines today. Coach Beamer, Stephen Garcia, and uh, Chad Holbrook. What's up, man? Oh man, doing well. Yeah, I mean the whole football world's been turned on its ear. Uh just nuts. I mean, we all knew that these days would come, right? When I mean, because what Carol and 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 Saban are both 72. I think Belichick's 70 years old. Um, so from that standpoint, I mean, y'all kind of knew it was coming, but there again, it, you just <laughs> you knew it would send shockwaves, right? I mean, it's especially the Nick Saban in the college football world is going to have ripple effects that go from coast to coast here. I, I, I don't coaching search, I think is the wrong word. I would imagine that something has been in the works here. You think so? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, okay. I think that, I, I don't think Nick Saban would have left Alabama after 17 years and and this dynastic run that they've had without some communication at the top to to give them some preparation and I'm sure some phone calls have already been made and and you know it's like I don't know now you got all these uh you know super sleuths on social media you know showing clips of Kirby and Nick after the game uh in Atlanta and and saying oh he just he seems like he already knew it maybe he knew what was coming maybe he did maybe he didn't who knows but you know it's uh uh Nick Saban is is not just a pinnacle of you know being able to run a football program like a well-oiled machine but uh, also uh just a, an inspirational leader, really. I mean, you listen to the things he says and, and some of the speeches he's made, and, and they're not just apropos to football, but to life in general. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're losing a, a big personality, which is, if we're being honest with ourselves, one of the best things about college football are these giant personalities at the top of these organizations. 
Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, you know, when the news began to break last night, I, watching, uh, first of all, hats off to Paul Feinbaum, who steered the ship brilliantly and um, eliminated all the crazy phone calls and stuff like that and went right to the guys who, uh, most, most all of them I, I respect highly, um, and, and allowed them to come in and give some, some, some opinions on the legacy that uh, Nick Saban will leave. I mean, you, you think about how many lives this guy has impacted in a positive way, not just the kids who've played for him, uh, but, um, but fans and uh, fans of sport, uh, people who've listened to his speeches just about life and things like that. I mean, here's a guy who's done more for America in general than probably presidents. To be honest with you, I mean, I mean, this guy—he's a brilliant mind, and um, and he and he does that. He affects people through coaching, which you know I, I've been around a lot of coaches in my my life, and and the good ones, you know, they see the big picture. They don't just see the wins and the losses. They they see the big picture, and that allows them to win. Um, and, and certainly, he's the best ever. Do it. There's nobody who's ever done it like him. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure somebody else will come along and do that one day. We might be in the midst of seeing it right now, um, you know, with with a guy named Kirby. Who knows? Who knows? But um, but at this point in time, he's the best we've ever seen. And 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 you know, the immediate reaction. I, I was trying not to look at really social media because you know people always find these times to be funny. They want to make memes and do all these other little things and and push whatever agenda they may have. Um, you know, the first thing I thought about was not who's next at Alabama was why and why now. And if, if, and I'll be, and I'm sure one day he'll speak on it. And coach Saban's always been very honest, Phil. Um, you know, he, he, when he speaks, he speaks and he, he says what's on his mind and he says it pretty eloquently in a way that we can understand it. And I'm anxious for the day when he does do that sit down interview. He will. I don't know who he'll do it with, he'll, but he will, and and explain why it was time for him to step aside. I know apparently he did cite with his team age and health concerns. Um, seems pretty darn healthy. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know we just saw a clip during the college football playoff. Steve Sarkeesian was talking about the fact that when he, Nick Saban saved his life, I mean he has these guys go through these entire workups every single year to figure out whether you are healthy or not, because if you're not healthy, you can't help Alabama win football games as a coach. So they do this entire work. If you're on staff down there, you go through this entire workup. It's not like, it's not just going to the doctor for a checkup. I mean, they do all kinds of things. They look for everything. And, and Sark, you know, that was an emotional piece. If anybody saw it, he, he said, you know, going for Nick Saban, I, I might not be here today. Probably wouldn't be. And, and so, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that he's having health issues currently. But does he feel like maybe he will in the future? And why is that? Does he feel like college football is not what he once knew it to be? I mean, they just played in the college football playoff, and now they got like 20 guys in the portal. Oh, and by the way, now that he's stepping aside, their entire team has a 30-day window to jump in if they'd like. So anybody and everybody out there, they're probably calling everybody on the roster trying to get them interested in their program. So you know, there's just a lot of things that have changed for people who have been around a long time like Nick Saban has, and you do have to wonder if if that is part of the reason. I don't know. It might not be. Who, who knows? He might have just said, look, I've made, you know, $150 million, and I kind of want to buy an island and sit on it with my wife and not do anything. 
Um, <laughs> so I'll be interested to hear the, I'll be interested to hear, you know, the why. I think that's always important. And um, but at the end of the day, man, like I think I texted this to y'all last night and was talking with some other people via text message. Like this is the guy that we tell our grandkids about. Like when my children one day have children, you know, he's in the history books and he's going to be in the montages and he's going to be all those things. And and it's we're the ones that are able to look back and say, I got to watch that guy coach football. Like I lived through that. Mike Morgan sent us a picture last night of him sitting with Coach Saban before a game this past season, I think it was, or maybe the year before. And, you know, just in game prep, I think it was on a Friday before Alabama kicked off on Saturday. And, you know, I was my response is, you well know, as you're on the text, to Mike was, like, that's crazy. Like, for the rest of your life, you've got these photos sitting there talking with Nick, chopping it up about all kinds of stuff. Um, the, the best guy to ever do it. So it's really neat that we got to see all of this. I don't know what's next for him. I just know as a fan of college athletics and a fan of good people, um, you know, I think I joined millions and millions and millions of folks out there who were shocked by the news and just saying, thanks, man. Appreciate what you did for college football, for college athletics, and just for people in general. What, a, what, a, what an outstanding career, a guy who did it all the right way uh, and impacted so many lives in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like I was saying last night, you know, you college football definitely brings out the the tribalism and all of us, you know, and everybody's in their camp. But, you know, you have to appreciate what it was that Coach Saban was able to put together down there in Alabama and do uh, there. I, I doubt that anybody will be able to recreate that, especially in this current climate. Um, but I mean, what a time like this, this time in athletics, you know, just not just college football, but, you know, kind of across the board is, is like the equivalent of the internet boom, right? You, you live through it. You got to see the world change. Athletics have changed. Sports have changed. The athletes themselves are bigger, stronger, faster. We've, we've seen achievements that will probably never be attained again. And, and, and yeah, man, like you said, we get to tell our kids about it. Like when they're watching those videos, you know, <laughs> that used to be grainy back in our day that, that will not be <laughs> for them, know. but you know, yeah. you're like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, I was there. I got to see that. I was, you know, and, and, you know, and yeah. And then you've got personalities and folks like Mike who, you know, get to say, Hey, I sat down with him. I've talked to him one-on-one off the record, you know, and, and just, you know, got to pick his brain a little bit. Uh, and I would imagine that, he would make himself available to do that again. Maybe not immediately, but, uh, and, and for whatever his reasons are, you know, yeah, a big thank you. I, I mean, it's just really made the game fun. You love to hate him if you did. And, 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 but you could always, if you sat back with a, with a critical mind and, and just could appreciate what it was that he was doing because it was unprecedented and, and more than likely not able to be created again. No, he's, he's the, he's the best. I mean, you know, people throw the term around goat all the time. He actually is that. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and I'll be interested to see if he does get into television. I think he should. If, if, if somebody ever asked me, what do you think about Nick Saban? Which they won't, but if they did, I would say, I, I think he's yeah, plug him in where you can. Uh, there's so much we can learn from him and, and he is entertaining in his own way. Uh, it's, it's you, when he speaks, everybody stops and listens. Anytime he talks on TV, if you're walking by and he's in an interview, you stop and you want to hear what he's got to say. Uh, the utmost respect for the greatest to, to ever do it. 
uh, at this level. And then, of course, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, as we mentioned at the top of the program, those guys stepping aside. Um, sounds to me like Pete wants to keep coaching. Uh, so we'll see if he resurfaces somewhere in the NFL. There's a ton of openings, and, and maybe that works out for him. Uh, Bill Belichick, you know, who knows? Maybe the three of these guys all stepped aside at the same time, and they're going to go create their own football league. Uh, who knows? Um, without transfer portals and things like that, I, you know, I don't know. But um, uh, hats off to the greatest to ever do it. We're going to step aside for our first time out of the morning slash coming soon afternoon. Uh, but uh, three dudes who can talk a lot more about it than we can, and we'll hit it all from different angles. Coming up next, Chad Holbrook. He's the head baseball coach at the College of Charleston, but he's got an unbelievable program going as part of our network, Chin Music, with a new uh, episode out today with Charles Esten, one of the most talented guys out there. Actor, comedian, singer, songwriter. I mean, the dude is unreal, and this this episode is crazy. If you haven't listened to it, you just pull up the Chief Sports app, and it's right there. It's free. You can listen to that and all the other uh, amazing ones he has. But I certainly want to talk to Chad about this because he has respect for for all coaches. He gets it. Coach Holbrook followed the dude. He followed Coach Tanner. Somebody's got to follow the dude at Alabama now. Uh, so certainly interested to get his perspective on what that is like. And then coming up a little bit later on in the program, both Stephen Garcia, who beat the Tide in 2010 here in South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium, and the head football coach of the Gamecocks, Shane Beamer, they will be joining us as well. Looking forward to that. Mike Morgan will tee it up at noon and spend the rest of the day with us as well. And we can't wait to have the Golden Tones in, who had a wonderful call at the end of the game last night on the SEC Network. We'll let you hear that coming up in just a little while if you missed it. Coming up next, Chad Holbrook. More on Nick Saban here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's 2024, and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington at the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for Sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. 
Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I got thrown out of a soccer game once as a coach, coaching my son. There was, (laughs) I never did any other time, and and it was never about winning. What it was about this day is we were playing a much better team, and they were manhandlers. They were, they were starting to hurt us. But on top of that, they were getting all the calls, and so I'm just asking the ref to protect my boys. Finally, there's this guy going hard at our goalie. Our goalie makes this save, and he just takes our goalie down hard. And I think they scored. So the ball goes in, and our goalie's laying on his back, writhing in pain. And they hand him a red card. The ref hands him a red card, which I could not believe. So I'm, I'm, I'm apoplectic. I'm going nuts, and I'm yelling at this guy. They literally took our kid off the field, put him in an ambulance, took him to the hospital. He had a broken leg. So now I'm just chirping hard. Right? You would, right? They're, right, they're not protecting right, right. your, your uh, ter- 12, 13, 14-year-old, however old he was. And so he comes over to me, and he says... And he says, listen to me, I don't want to hear one more word out of you about my refereeing today. You say one more word about my refereeing, then you're going to be thrown out of this game. And so I turned around to all my parents. I go, hey, parents. I'm not allowed to tell the ref how bad he is, so I'm going to need you to do that for me. Oh. <laughs> he said, you I'm a beggar. Who could use some help? I'm a seeker. Searching for myself, I'm a rolling stone Just waiting on a friend I'm a lover Wishing on a star for another With a broken heart To hold each other close Till the end Oh man, I get goosebumps seeing that And, and I, 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 I I say this, uh, it gives me goosebumps because I, I, I love you uh, and your whole family, uh, your dear friend. I'm so proud of this. Uh, not only are you an unbelievable baseball coach, but, uh, man, you've got a killer thing going, Coach. It, you really do. And, and we're going to talk about Saban and, and all kinds of stuff here with you today. I'm so glad to have you. But I, I, when you sent me that video clip the other day, I was like, this is why this cat can do this forever if he wants to because you man you get the good stuff i'm just proud of him glad we're partnered with you and glad to have you coach well thanks for having me uh it's a joy and uh it's uh i love talking to successful people i love music i love sports i love leadership and to get to pick the brains of people at the highest of the high is fascinating to me and uh i surely hope it is fascinating for our listeners too that love sports and love music and um it's been a lot of fun i don't play much golf I need to have a hobby. I don't lay out on the beach here in Charleston. So this is my hobby and I'm having a great time. Well, well, so, I mean, I I think that you've got, um, whenever you record the next one, you've got, you got some dudes who've got some free time now. You got Saban out there and Pete Carroll, Belichick, you know, one of those guys I'm sure would be willing to come down and sit with you. (laughs) I hope so. One good thing about living in Charleston is people vacate here, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. so maybe we can get some famous people to drop in and see us and, we got a few good people lined up. I think our listeners are going to love to, to hear as well. And uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag on all our future guests, but uh, there's a lineup. And, um, and we've had some great people reach out that we haven't even reached out to as well. So, um, again, picking the brains of successful people is fascinating. And, uh, and 
and my love for music, my love for sports, uh, it's just right up my alley. And uh, we're having a great time. Scotty Fryer, who's co-host with me, he runs the Windjammer, you know, and books all the guests at the Windjammer. So he has access to great musicians. Colin uh, Morris is our, our producer and he's a Gamecock guy. He was in school when I was at South Carolina. He played in the band uh, at South Carolina. So he's uh, very knowledgeable in sports as well. So we have a good time. Our conversations are fun. Uh, they're educational for me. Um, I love to hear where songs came from and where ideas came from and where leadership things, you know, things that make successful people click is, uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun to, a lot of fun to pick those folks' brain. Again, the Chin Music podcast is on the app, the Chief Sports app. That I, I listened to the entire episode this morning with Charles Esten. Of course, he's one of a long line of, of great guests you've had, including Roy Williams for Gamecock fans. If you, if you, uh, if you remember Blake Mitchell, his his story that he he tells on there is is really incredible. Um, uh, just had Charlie Warsham on there. I mean, it's just a bunch of great ones. And if you if you're going to be in a car ride, you got a got a ways to go, some something to do. You're heading back and forth from Columbia or something like that. You know, pull up our app, plug that thing in, and, and I promise you, you'll be entertained. Well, I, I know I know there's a lot of Gamecock folks, you know, watching today, and the Blake Mitchell episode is, is was awesome for me because one being a quarterback in a position of leadership, but then hearing him talk about the differences between playing for Lou Holtz and and Steve Spurrier, two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to probably coaching philosophy. Uh, but the quarterback for both coaches and the differences, uh, that was fascinating stuff too. And I, I think a lot of Gamecock fans would love to hear those stories. Uh, it's Again, it's 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 amazing. I don't even know how to explain it. Charles Esten, that is out now. And by the way, his music's fantastic. He, he's yeah. an unbelievably talented person. I, all the things he's done. I always forget he was in Whose Line Is, is It Anyway. Yeah. And I was watching that the other night. That is one of the funniest shows ever. I don't know how they do it. You know, you know? he does that stuff. He's on his feet. It's all on his feet. It, it, there's no script. I mean, everything comes off the top of his head. You, you know, when you get around somebody that you know they're at a different level from an intellect standpoint or an IQ standpoint, you kind of know it right away. The minute he walked into the door and sat down, I'm like, oh, I'm dealing with a different guy here. He's way above my spectrum when it comes to intelligence. And uh, he was incredibly talented, incredibly talented. And, uh, and you know, it checks all the boxes, you know, acting, singing, comedian, songwriter, uh, uh, man, it was a, it was a true joy to sit down and speak with him, and he he's in Charleston quite a bit, so that's that's, that's been cool. Yeah, he's played at the Jammer a bunch and things like that, um, and uh, that's how I feel every time I cut the mic on every each day with Phil. By the way, he he's up here, and the rest of us we're all trying to. <laughs> we got to have those guys, right? That's up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I feel. That's how I feel about my assistant coaches, you know. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I want. I want. Mississippi. I want to. I want to. I want to turn to this Nick Saban thing with you. Um, first of all, I, I, I don't have you ever had a chance to meet him before? We crossed paths at a golf course. You know, I, the, I feel like I know him, even though I, other than shaking hands, passing by, that's all. But you know, having talked to coaches that have worked for him, yeah. um, you know, Brad Loin, South Carolina, worked for him quite a bit at Michigan State. For you know, when I was with, at South Carolina, I was buddies with Brad, and um, you know, he used to tell Nick Saban stories all the time, and. Uh, so I felt like I've heard a lot of the stories behind the scenes, but uh, obviously shocking news in the college football world, huh? It, it, it is. Like, what do you – I mean, you've been coaching for a long time, uh, you know, and and you've been a head coach now for, what, 10, 10 years? Is that right, 10 years? Well, I was at South Carolina, yeah, 12, I, 11, 12, one of my 12th, I think, now. 12 years? Oh, God, boy, we're getting – 
Time is where's time going? I think you include COVID in that, but yes. Well, Five you, South Carolina and going on seven here. How do you how do you as a head coach, how do you summarize what he did uh over twenty six years as a head coach at the collegiate level? I, it, it doesn't make any sense, does it? No, he's probably the best uh, to ever do it in any sport. I mean, and, and, and not only that, to do it in a league that's um, the best of the best. And he's, it's not like he's uh, shying away from any competition. He's playing the best each and every week. And to do it, I mean, the number of straight years of 10 wins or more, I mean, this is crazy, crazy stuff. And obviously seven national championships. And I'll tell you this funny story. I hope it's not get too long. I'll try to shorten it up as best I can. But Brad Long shared this with me. And he goes, you know what it's like working for Nick? He goes, there's never a wasted second. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I'll tell you, when we're at the hotel on Friday night, we wake up Saturday morning. We might be playing an ESPN game at 730 at night. And we walk down to the ballroom for the team breakfast at at 7 a.m. And when we walk into that ballroom, each coach, now 20 coaches, a lot of coaches because you got a lot of advisors as well. Each coach in that ballroom has his own TV screen. And at this point in time, this was before, you know, the Internet and all the streaming services. But each coach had his big screen TV and underneath the TV was a stack of the Friday night high school football games from the night before. So it's game day. They're getting ready to play an ESPN game. The first thing they do when their feet hit the floor, they walk to the ballroom, and all the high school games from the night before in that coach's respective area is underneath a screen that they're going to have to watch before the team gets there. So <laughs> they're not only preparing for an ESPN national television game, they're watching their recruits from the night before. And he, he said it's, it's, he said it's unbelievable. I, I'm sure a lot of people do that now with the streaming, but back then, you know, you had – old VCR tapes or, or, you know, or CDs or whatever. And they were just stacked every high school game from that coach's area. And you had to watch those recruits and those targets even before the day started. Um, this goes to, it gives you an idea of what Nick Saban's all about. We got Shane coming up in a little while. If he hadn't thought of that yet, I'm going to pass it, pass that story <laughs> along to him and, and <laughs> see what he, see what he thinks about our advice for, you know, around here. Um, yeah, who's going to get that job? I mean, you follow that guy. Good night, man. Okay. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you followed the guy at South Carolina and you were very successful. As a matter of fact, three 40 plus win seasons, two super regionals, uh, following the dude that just, you know, y'all played for, you won two and played for three straight national championships. Uh, what is that like, man? I mean, well, I don't think I don't think it's going to be fair to the next guy. Obviously, uh, there's nothing fair about sports, you know. In many in, in many instances, especially this one, you're gonna whoever whoever follows him um, is going to have to equal or exceed, right? Or, or, or you're 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 going to deem to be deemed a failure. And to the, to equal what he did, that might be an impossible task. So it's, uh, I mean. I, Obviously, obviously, though, you're at Alabama, you have incredible resources. A lot of, a lot of the best high school players want to go play there, but um, it's not – those shoes are – good luck, man. Good good luck. I, I, I'm talking to the best of the best good luck because there's no, there's, no, there's no finishing just a little bit below what he did. They won't accept that. And, right. Uh, and that's <laughs> – I learned that the hard way. You well, know, we, we won some. We won some, and we did okay. But we didn't. We didn't get to Omaha, and, and you know, and that's that's coaching in the SEC. You don't. 
if the next coach doesn't make it to the college football playoff at Alabama but wins 11 games, he's he'll probably be moving on as well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to temper fans' expectations anyway, right, Coach? But when you're the guy following the guy, that's an, it, an impossible task. I almost mean, really. impossible. Almost impossible. And, well, uh, and you you bring like it's not as easy as just I mean, you know this like you don't just walk into the office and you're just a football coach. That's, I mean, the, Shane. I remember when Shane got hired, and and I was talking to him maybe like a month or two after he got hired. I think somewhere in there, coach. And and um and I asked him. I said, "What's been the most difficult thing about being a a not only just a first time head coach, but but being a, a head coach in general, especially at a place like this, he said, well, because about 90% of the stuff that lands on my desk has nothing to do with football. Right. I mean, and, and you, I mean, you, you, being the head coach at the College of Charleston for the baseball team, like, I mean, I was just on the phone with you the other day. Like, a lot of what you do isn't just baseball. You don't just show up and just write practice schedules. I mean, like, you're right. meeting with people. you got fundraising. There's a lot that goes on the, those shoulders, especially at a place like Alabama. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, you, you spend um, you spend a lot of you know we all get into coaching because we want to be on the field with our players or develop relationship with our players, and in this day and age, it's, it's very difficult because you're being pulled in so many different directions, especially in that league. One of the true joys for me about being at the College of Charleston is you know I get to enjoy a lot more of that than I did when when I was at South Carolina, and I'll be the first to say I probably didn't handle that the right way, you know, being pulled to speak all the time or being at events all the time and being pulled off the field and being away from players. I mean, while you're going through it, you think it's kind of enjoyable to promote your program, but then you look back at it and say, man, I wish I had more time on the field with those guys. And, uh, you know, luckily I'm at a good place now where I get to spend a lot of time on the field and that's an enjoyable part. But yeah, it's a, a, it's a small fraction of, of your duty when you're coaching in that league is actually coaching. And uh, and I'm sure uh, many coaches, you know, Hubert Davis has told me that uh, at North Carolina as well. It's like, you know, I'm shocked at how little I get to coach. And uh, and he and, and Royal turn around and say, I tried to tell him, I tried to tell him. And uh, so much more of your job is, is is things other than coaching. And that's that's tough for some people to adjust to. Well, I think Chad Holbrook here with us, uh, head coach at the College of Charleston. Cougars baseball program, by the way, set to get going here in a little bit over a month. That's wild. Um, but I think that's also what's so important about keeping that, like the like whether it's football at the SEC level or or baseball at the D two level or or whatever it is, any type of team sport that requires a lot of people, especially like if you don't have a a good like you've got you have to hire good coaches. Uh, who are responsible, right, coach? And then right. you have to, and then football, of course, you got all these staff members and this that, and the other. But one of the things that I've learned about football, and I know you've talked to plenty of coaches over the years, Coach Spurrier and 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 guys like that, they always have like a small, trusted little group within that group that they can lean on uh, through the good times, the bad times, the hard times, the whatever it is, you know. And sometimes those guys aren't who you think they are, but but there's always a, a small little group of them. And I know that Nick, you know, at, at Alabama, clearly he had all that figured out because, as you just pointed out, everybody knew their responsibilities. They knew when it was time to go to work. They knew who was in charge. Um, and then, uh, but then also he had a little group of people that was able to kind of help him keep that ship navigated through rough waters. 
You know, Brad always used to share with me this too. I, I thought this was funny. He said at the end of the day, down the hallway, the coaches were so afraid of Nick, they didn't want to leave to go home at the end of the day before he did, or you would hear about it, you know? So all of them would be done with their job or done with the day practice was over and they'd just be peeking down the hallway, peeking down the hallway, waiting, waiting for coach Saban to leave. And, uh, and they just sat there and sat there and sat there. And as soon as he left, they all took off, you know? And, uh, but, but if you left before him, Oh boy, you'd hear about it. And, uh, but that's just, you know, obviously that's what made him tick. I mean, what an incredible coach. I mean, I've been watching videos of him mm-hmm. the last, you know, 12 hours, just, you know, trying to see what all made him tick. And obviously you can't do that in 12 hours, but some of the speeches and some of the talks and um, some of the things he would talk about with the press or the media at Alabama. And, you know, I, one of the things that stuck out with me is this, is like, he goes, what was your first, your first, thing you wanted to accomplish at Alabama the day you were hired. And his first, his first, the first words out of his mouth was on day one, I have to make sure that there's only one voice coming out of this football office and this football program. And that's my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, none of his coaches could talk to the media. Um, none of his coaches did, you know, did any media stuff. I mean, it was football coach, those boys, to the best of your ability. And the only ver- the only voice you heard out of that program was his. And uh, I thought that was kind of fascinating. I, I think it is because I like, you know, like you don't see that at South Carolina. You know, Shane does it differently. He's he's opened the doors up there. Yeah. Um, Coach Muschamp's was Muschamp very much fell in line with how Coach Saban ran his programs. Uh, and I, I personally, from a on a, from a personal standpoint, I'm a big fan of Will Muschamp as a human being. He's a, he's an right. outstanding, as you well know, he's an outstanding guy. Um right. You know, but like a lot of what he did didn't work, and I feel like, oh, he—I don't know—I don't know if he like tried to mimic Coach Saban or if that's just what he knew or whatever. But in today's world, as you well know, it's a lot more difficult to run a program like that. And there's—I feel like there's really just only so many people who can do. Like, if you're a new head coach and you walk in and you try to put the clamps yeah. down like that, it's probably going to backfire. Really right? There's more than one way to skin a cat. Obviously, Steve Spurrier was way different than Lou Holtz, and Steve Spurrier was way different than Nick Saban, and they were the best. I mean, you wouldn't – I remember walking into Steve Spurrier practice one day, and he was barefooted without his shirt on, and he was running around throwing footballs, and he didn't have a shirt on, and he didn't have anything on his feet, and he was coaching his quarterbacks as hard as he could. You wouldn't see Nick Saban do that. But, you know, so there's one, more than one way to skin a cat. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he did it his way and his way – he executed his way to, to the, you know, to the best, to the extreme. And, um, you know, it's probably hard to mimic that for sure for any other coach. But, um, man, what a – one of the best leaders and coaches and take coach, take coach out of it. One of the best leaders in the history of our time um, and uh, – it's been a true joy to watch him work for sure. How about the how about the last twenty four hours in general? I mean, Pete Carroll, uh, Bill Belichick. Like, I mean, what's go, like? Do you think that they're secretly going to form another league, or like what what's going on here? Right? I mean, this is crazy. You know, I guess while they both seventy two years old, um, I mean, I guess Pete and Nick. I don't know how old Belichick is, but it's uh, what careers all three of them had. I mean, I don't think. You know, I, 
I think Belichick's going to coach again. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I think, yeah, I think he, I, I just have a feeling he'll be coaching again. Pete Carroll, he's like 72 going on 28. It looks like to me. I mean, he's got incredible energy, incredible fitness. And, uh, I can't see him being in a front office job either, but I guess we'll see. Three of the best to ever coach the game of football all, all step down in a 24-hour period. We'll remember this day forever, for sure. Maybe, maybe Phil, reach, reach out to um, Bill and Pete and Nick's people, and let's see <laughs> if we can't get them on a program as part of our network. Uh, hey, yeah, put, maybe, maybe like yeah. a morning show. <laughs> you think they would do that? <laughs> You know, well, they'll probably get up early enough to execute that, though. You know, people like that, you know, they're up. I've got break a feeling. Dawn. Yeah. Break yeah. a dawn. Mm. I, 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 like, I don't feel like those guys sleep much. No. 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 I, I, I can't imagine. It'll be interesting. You know, all the greats don't sleep much. You know, you hear Kobe Bryant talk about he only needed four hours a day. And Michael Jordan never slept. Tiger Woods never slept. I'm sure Saban never sleeps. I mean, it's – uh Something to that, but you need sleep for your health and well-being too. But I guess some people are wired a little bit differently. If I don't get seven or eight hours, I'm in trouble. I mean, I'm I'm worthless the next day. Um, but it's uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's uh, crazy crazy stuff happening in the sports world the last twenty-four. I, I, I want to share this too. I, obviously, Coach, you know you know Drew Cisco. Yeah, yeah. All right. So and Mike, of course, is is my my right. best friend. And um, so, God, this has probably been like 10 years ago. I, I don't even know. He was – Drew was – I think he was – had only been maybe in pro ball for a couple of years or something. And uh, they were over – what's the lake north of Atlanta? Lake um, – Oh, that's where – yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's where Saban and them has their house. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. that lake. Uh, lake Oconee maybe? There's one in Oconee. Yeah. I think it's a Coney, yeah. That's where the and, that's where the Ritz Carlton is as well. Yeah, that, they play the golf tournament and all that stuff up there. So he um, he was over there with his now wife Emily, his girlfriend at the time, and they, they somebody's lake house, I guess I don't know. And uh, and they they were out, you know, tubing and stuff in the lake, and <laughs> got thrown off. And the boat, someone else had been thrown off, like somewhere back. I don't even know. And he said, so the boat went to get them first. And he said, we were sitting there for like five minutes, just kind of floating. Of course they had life jackets on. <laughs> so, so they were just kind of floating, you know, like, are these cats going to come out and get us? Like what's going on here? But they weren't far away from a dock, maybe like a 20, 30 yard swim. So he said, we just kind of floated and we just got tired of it. We drifted over there, propped ourselves up on the dock and we were just sitting there waiting on, the boat to come back and then we jump back in the water and you say they didn't have to pull up this guy's dock and he said he heard someone coming down the dock saying can i help you and he turned around he said it was nick saban and he was sitting on his floating dock and he goes yes sir uh we're just waiting we got left you know they're coming back to get us and he said oh my god it's nick saban (laughs) you know to his face and he and um and he and he said that he couldn't have been any kinder well, can I get y'all something to, to eat or drink or, you know, hope you're having a good time. Where are you from? What's your name? And Drew said, you know, I, you know, Drew Sisko, whatever. And, um, but he said it was really amazing. So the boat came back around and he said, yeah, y'all, y'all can wait a little bit. We're going to talk to coach Saban for a few more minutes before we have to dive off his dock, which they did. But he said, he, it, 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 my point was, he said it, it left a big impression on him because everything that Nick talked about was about Drew. All he wanted to do was ask questions, and he was very interested. And, and, and I just – people like that, I feel like, are the ones you were discussing earlier, how they, 
They walk into a room and you feel like they've always got a leg up. They're a little bit smarter than you, like Charles Eston. I think it's because they ask questions and they're not sitting there talking about themselves. And I've always found that pretty fascinating. No doubt. The best people are always like sponges. You can, you can just tell. And um, yeah, I mean, Charles was, when he walked in here, I mean, all the guests that we've had from Wyatt Durrett, who's written 17 number one songs. I mean, and they couldn't be farther different into the spectrum in regards to what they're trying to accomplish or what their different fields are as far as, you know, what, why, why it doesn't play the guitar. Uh, you know, he doesn't perform that much, but he writes the best songs. Charles does it all, but their minds work all the time. And you can just tell just sitting and talking to them. It's like every word that comes out of my mouth might be a song title to that person. And that's how they, that's how their mind works. I think I told you this one day, Wyatt Durrett, that was a fascinating episode for me is uh, he was holding his kid in the ocean and uh, and he was distracted. And his five-year-old boy looked up at him and said, daddy, are you writing a song? And uh, cause he wasn't paying him any attention, you know? So, I mean, it is, you never, you know, the, the great ones never turn their minds off, you know? And yeah. I think that's, uh, we all try to go, I, I do. I try to go to Sullivan's Island and walk down the beach and get away from everything and just decompress. Um, maybe that's why I'm not a great one, but um I think my mind needs to relax from time to time, but those ones that are elite, I don't think, I don't know if their mind ever gets turned off. Well, uh, I, I'll be really anxious to hear uh, from, from coach Saban here pretty soon. And I'm sure he'll sit down with somebody and, and talk and, and maybe he'll do some TV, you know, uh, or something like that. I think he'd be good with TV, but um, pretty I'm, sure he will. I'm sure he will. I mean, I can't wait. I, yeah. And if you've never heard him speak or like never dove into the, he, he taught one time on a title called the the illusion of choice. That was like one of his, like you don't have a choice to be great. The, like so many people in this day and age are never told no, and they any 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 he talks about like there's no choice if you want to be great at what you do. You have no choice. You have to do what it takes. What it takes. That was his line. And right. uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff comes out of that guy. Coach, uh, Chin Music is out now on the Chief Sports app. Again, this is uh, Chad Holbrooks, and cr- it's it's a true like true podcast form, unlike you know what we do with live programming. Um, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And the newest episode dropped uh, this morning with uh, Charles Eston. It, it is it is re- now everybody. Y- y'all need to wait till two o'clock to listen to it now because we're on till. Two <laughs> uh, we. We got Mike Morgan, Stephen Garcia, and Shane Beamer coming up, and we know y'all don't want to miss those guys. But um, but uh, at 2 o'clock today, you could go and listen to Chad Holbrook and, and Scotty Fryer and Colin Morris. Those guys are great, too. And and, and collectively, y'all really I, – I told you I've said it, and, and I keep saying it, and Phil and myself and JC and all of us, we tell people, like, this thing is really good, uh, <laughs> and, and you're natural at it. You keep – I know every time we talk, you always say, man, if you got advice, give me some advice, man. You know, I don't have any advice. <laughs> I, I don't even know that you want it if I did. I mean, it is that good, and we're, we're really proud of you. Well, and um, it's a must listen and can't wait for the next few to drop, too, because I know I know who you got coming, and it's going to be phenomenal. Well, I, I want Jamie and Phil, th- thanks for, one, supporting us and, and believing in it and uh, and enjoying it. It's, uh, it means the world. We need an umbrella like yours, and and I love to be associated with the great people that I think the world of. And uh, y'all have provided us an unbelievable platform. We're going to try to keep pulling our weight and giving great guests and having great conversations, because I think great conversations with successful people 
uh, we all can learn from the best. And uh, that's what we're going to try to do, whether it's in music, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in coaching. Um, we want to talk to crazy successful people um, and, and, and see what makes them tick. And uh, that was the, kind of the reason for the podcast and my love for music, Scotty Fryer's love of sports and coaching and athletics. And, and it's amazing to see the similarities of the successful people, um, the similarities of musicians and the similarities of great coaches. There's a lot of parallels there, and it's fascinating to learn about them. Guys, if you – I know, again, this is inside the Gamecocks, uh, and Coach Holbrook is now at the College of Charleston, but if you just love baseball like we do, uh, get out there if you're in the low country and support these guys. They've got a brand-new ballpark that's coming – or renovations, but it's going to look brand-new um, over at Patriots Point. And <laughs> between – like, don't – you can't come up with the excuse of, uh, well, you know, just I haven't had time. Because they're home beginning February 16th until March the 17th. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Y'all have like your first 20 games of the year at home or something ridiculous, including Nebraska uh, coming hey, in this, March 1st. It's a great recruiting tool, Jamie. It's, it's, the head coach wants to stay in Charleston. Charleston is a great place to stay in. When you travel somewhere outside of this state or outside of the city, you feel almost like, oh, it's, not, it's nice, but it isn't Charleston, you know. So we play as many home games as we can. And, you know, I appreciate you. Again, I appreciate you having me on the inside of Gamecock. So there's, I'll always have some Gamecock blood in me. Um, I think it was an honor to coach there for nine years and go to Omaha three times and win two national championships. So I hope the Gamecocks will give us a listen and give us give our podcast a chance. And, uh, Absolutely. and um, we're, uh, we're thrilled that you've given us this opportunity. Well, we're glad to have you on again. It's it's incredible. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Chin Music on the Chief Sports app. Charles Eston, the newest guest today. It's it's really we played a clip of it before we had Coach on, and uh, it's really special. Give give Miss Jen a big hug for us, and uh, and I know the best to your boys. Uh, you got one at North Carolina, one at Vanderbilt. Uh, baseball season will be here before you know it, and y'all are going to be chaotic yep. until hope until hopefully June. Hopefully June. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, and if anyone listening today wants to DM me on Twitter, see Holbrook too, I'll send you one of these cool hoodies. First, the first person that DMs me, I got you squared away and Phil, okay. but first, first right. person listening today, uh, first DM I get on Twitter, I'll, I'll get a hoodie out to you. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks coach. Have a, uh, have a great weekend and, um, and we'll be following along to see if you end up uh, at Alabama. Uh, I'm staying in Charleston, man. I'm staying in Charleston. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been to Tuscaloosa. I'm good. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay right yeah. here. Yeah, no Thanks, problem. Man. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, man. See ya. Thanks, uh, Chad Holbrook, uh, head base, baseball coach of the College of Charleston Cougars, and uh, and and certainly, I'm telling you, he's he's a natural with this thing. Uh, he's it's so good. And that episode that's out today with Charles Epps, uh, Eston is is really, 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 really neat. Yeah, I've um, so, listened to a lot of talk radio and and know what's good and what's not, and they've got the mix. I mean, it's it's the the best radio is when it sounds like just you know a group of friends sitting around a table having a chat, and and they are able to achieve that with every guest that comes through there. It, it really yeah. is a great listen, worthwhile. It is. I and, and he's um we we have um we have talked at times about how he does things, and um you know I I think that. 
a lot of people think that you can ju- anybody can do it. You know, they, they want to criticize the media guys and this, that, and the other. Everybody decides that they just want to start a podcast, tell everybody what they know and all these type things. He doesn't do that. For, I mean, he does it for himself because he enjoys it, but he does it for other people to tell their stories. What he's really good at is uh, finding f- finding what would be interesting to everybody else and finding that common ground to make the 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 conversation be very natural. And he's a likable dude, and so is Scotty, and so is Colin. So people are going to want to open up and talk to him anyways. But um, it's 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 just an absolute must-have if, if you look for things to listen to. True listen. It's really, really, really phenomenal. So um, uh, in the chat box here, DMs aren't – oh, you're saying Coach Holbrook's DM? Okay, well, uh, I'll uh, I'll have him. You might have to follow him in order to to send him a message. Yeah, follow yeah. or uh, yeah, follow Coach Holbrook. Tag him, and, tag him in a in a tweet. That might work as well. Yeah, or, and or I can send him a text here in just a minute too. And um, yeah, and I want my hoodie. I want a hoodie like that. <laughs> well, I got I've got a meeting. We we have a him and I have a big me- big meeting next week, and um, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna collect some some things while I'm over there. I told him I said I'll give you a sticker. <laughs> Give, give me my hoodie and my hat, man. Get JC uh, to send him a beanie. That's right. You know, get you, get you, get him some chief stuff and uh, and things like that. But um, all right. Uh, so what we'll do here is we will uh, we'll go ahead and step aside because um, we got to catch up on a break. And um, guys, if you follow him, you should be able to send him a message. If not, then I'll get him to to fix that. Okay, or uh, we'll figure something out, but um, we'll, we'll get we'll work on that for you. I really appreciate y'all, by the way, uh, taking him up on that offer. That's that's awesome, Ryan, and and I don't know the other guy's name, but appreciate you too, man. Really appreciate y'all. Uh, so when we get back, Mike Morgan will be here with us for the rest of the program. Uh, we'll certainly get his thoughts on Nick and Bill Belichick and uh, and Pete Carroll. We'll talk plenty of Gamecocks as it relates to the SEC because the SEC is wild. In basketball, what happened last night in Starkville? Mike called the game. Big time upset. The top ten in general in the last forty-eight hours has been wild. Oh, uh, so we'll get into all that, and then uh, we've got in the a little bit later on in the program, back to back. Stephen Garcia and head football coach Shane Beamer. Us here on inside. We are built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more, and they sell to consumers all across the state 
and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons, and so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks! It. He gets it on the right block. Smith in traffic. Smith throws it up there. Got it! Now connect with five seconds. Connect and it's stripped by Davis. Davis slammed to Matthews! Mike Morgan of ESPN. Beginning right now. I get no doubt. Yeah, Mississippi State, they certainly got up again. Gamecocks knocked them down last weekend. They responded by taking down the Tennessee Volunteers last night. You heard the call by the Golden Tones of the great Mike Morgan on the SEC Network. Uh, joining us now from Nick Saban's office, as a matter of fact. What's up, my man? Oh, he's muted. Yeah, unmute, Mike. <laughs> 
Um, yep. Just unmute yourself and. Uh, Sorry about there. that. You're good. No worries. Yeah, I'm trying not to block the the greatest coach in the history of college football. For those watching on YouTube, there, uh, that was from uh, 2022, the last Saban game that I called in the last uh, Saban uh, conference that uh, that I was a part of. But uh, man, what a, what a freaking day! And uh, appreciate you taking me in the uh, wayback machine to last night on uh, what was a hell of a game to uh, to broadcast. Tennessee and Mississippi State. Obviously, if you're a Gamecock fan, you had a vested interest in Mississippi State winning, and they did. So it's a quad one win for State, and that obviously helps Carolina's metrics. But um, there are so many things swirling through my head, guys, as we um, as I do this segment, the Power Hour, presented by our great friends uh, Gary Patterson of State Farm and Ryan Brewer of RyanBrewerFence.net. Uh, I'm doing it from a hotel in Starkville before I head back to Atlanta. I haven't been home in like three weeks, going back to J.C.'s wedding, which uh, happened to take place in the city that Nick Saban just bought a $17 million home. Clearly, <laughs> Nick Saban, <Right. laughs> clearly Nick Saban had no idea they would allow us clowns to have uh, a celebration in the same city that uh, he would now call home, and that's Jupiter, Florida. But, um, no, my head is spinning from all the news that's just happened in the last – Gosh, 24, 48 hours, it's just it's just insane. Like I thought it was a big deal when I had the the Jaguar Titans game on Sunday and shortly thereafter they fired Mike Vrabel, who might replace Belichick in New England. That was the big rumor when I was in Nashville. And then one domino after another, bang bang. Belichick Saban, the two greatest guys to, to, to the two best coaches in the history of football. I don't even know if that's debatable, but No, it's not. I, I, I'm just my my head is still spinning from all of it. So anyway, great to see you guys, and uh, glad to be back on. Yeah, we're we're gonna cram as much of of the basketball and stuff as we can into this hour too, because uh, it's a it's a pretty pretty full hour three here. As we'll be joined by both Stephen Garcia and then uh, Shane Beamer, head football coach of the Gamecocks, coming up here in just a little while. Um, uh, quick note, by the way, as you, as you mentioned, um, Mike, uh, w- w- with that victory helping the Gamecocks metrics, so did Virginia Tech beating Clemson last night. All of a sudden, South Carolina has two additional quad one victories because of what happened last night. Wow. So, so they're three and two in quad one games That's now. That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's really, really strong. I, I said on the broadcast last night, by the way, that there were going to be some 0-2 teams that are pretty damn good teams in the SEC. And it, and we'll go over this in the Love Chevy Driver on the SEC, but if you look at it, like there's a couple of those teams that I think are going to struggle. But there's also a couple of those teams that I would not be surprised that are dancing in March, and they're 0-2 in this league. To go mm-hmm. back to a point that we've been discussing for a while now here on ITG, and that is... SEC basketball right now is taking a backseat to no one. It is so incredibly strong. It is so incredibly deep. Uh, and quite frankly, the product, I would say, top to bottom has never been better. So it, it's a lot of fun when you're winning. Uh, it's frustrating when you lose. I'm sure Tennessee fans are probably hating the way the game ended last night. And, you know, you're number five in, the Mer- in America and you're pounding your chest and then you go to Starkville in the hump and you lose. Uh, one, two, five, all lost. Um, three or four lose to. 
Yeah, um, Kansas got beat last night. Kansas got Central beat. Florida. At yeah. UCF. Like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, hats, hats off to Johnny Dawkins and company. Yeah. Um, yeah, so four out of the top five teams lost in yeah. college basketball in the last couple of days. Insane. And, and ninth-ranked Oklahoma fell last night. That Tuesday night, we warned everybody here, Purdue and Houston on the road. I, I said, guys, be, yeah. ne- Nebraska is, is having a hell of a year, and they proved it by throttling the Boilermakers, beating by 16. Yeah. Um, you you might have been able to, to detect in my voice when we were talking last week. I'll be honest with you. I did not have a good feeling about that Alabama game for Carolina. Um, oh, no. And I, and, and, and I tried to set the stage where – and thankfully, I think most Gamecock fans uh, took it in stride. Like, okay, we're going to lose some road games in this league. It, 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 no one's going undefeated. This is not your older brother's SEC where, like, Kentucky would go 16-0 and and Florida would go 14-2 and and everybody else was mediocre to bad. That's not what this league is all about. I didn't like that matchup uh, for a number of different reasons. I do think Missouri is a much more favorable matchup. It's still on the road, and you're going to face a really angry, desperate 0-2 Mizzou team, which is concerning to me. Um but even if you lose it, you come back home. Who's it after that? Arkansas? Who's at home? Uh, no, they got Georgia at home. Georgia, Georgia. which I've mm-hmm. been telling people since November when I had them in the win against Wake uh, that Mike White was going to have one of the most improved teams in the league this year. It's it's Georgia, it's Ole Miss, and it's South Carolina. So Georgia is not going to be a cupcake. Um, that's for that's for sure. No, uh, it, yeah, I you mentioned the O and twos. Uh, in the league right now that, I mean, Florida is 0-2, and they're good. A&M, 0-2, and they're good. Arkansas, 0-2, and they're good. I mean, I think the only 0-2 that I would just, I don't want to say right off, that's a little harsh, but you could probably do it as Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, it's none of those. I mean, and even Vandy's, they're, they're, Vanderbilt's going to beat some teams this year. It's just going to happen. I mean, they almost took down Alabama and Nashville. Right last week they will win some games you don't you don't want to be the team that they beat but it's going to happen um but everybody else i, I mean I, I as good as i mean auburn is probably playing the best in the league kentucky might be the best team in the league but everybody else on any given night especially year if you're at home it doesn't really matter who walks into that gym at this point in time like you can go down and they will no doubt uh no doubt about it, it it's it's the, you, you've got to be able to take a punch when you go through an 18-game season. I was talking to Rick Barnes yesterday, and I was like, is this league going to go to 20 like every other league is doing? Uh, the Big Ten, I think, is talking about going to 22. The ACC's already at 20. Uh, the only school that I know of that's adamantly against it is Kentucky. But uh, I think the league should go to 20, honestly. And and all that does is help your net because every game you there's no league in the country. Remember this number: there's no league in the country that has more net one, net two wins than the than the Southeastern Conference. Nobody. So as I as I mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago, the SEC did just enough what it needed to do in non-con play. And now when you when you get into conference play, you're beating each other up. So there's not there's not a whole lot of move to fluctuate. But you, you held your own in the SEC-ACC Challenge, 7-7. Seven and seven. You, A number of big non-con wins for a number of different teams in this league, including South Carolina, but Kentucky and Florida, and uh, the list goes on and on and on. But um, but but I, I think we might get to a point where we get to 20. But my point is that you, you have to be able to take a punch 
and then come back and take another punch and come back. What, what do I mean by take a punch? You're going to lose games. You're just you just are. And in the case of a South Carolina, which is still, I mean, wait till those new recruits come in. You're still building. I mean, Lamont Paris is in year two and took over a certifiable mess. But this is going to be a year where they're going to take some lumps. They're not one of the most talented teams in the league. I mean, I can say a lot of great things about this Gamecock basketball team and the job Lamont has done, but they're not one of the most talented. They're going to win games uh, on execution. They're going to win games on skill level. They're going to win games on uh, making fewer mistakes than the next team. I realize none of those things took place in Tuscaloosa, but they will. Maturity, Maturity. yeah, older guys, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more uh, hoops later on. I know you got a cavalcade of uh, five star guests on a on a five star news day. Well, that's what we're uh, going to do with Shane. We're going to have Shane evaluate. When are we having on Shane on? In uh, in the one o'clock hour. Okay, cool. One o'clock hour. So we'll have him evaluate Lamont Paris in year two. <laughs> yes, clearly that's what you would have Shane on for today. Uh, no, I got I got something for him. I, I got something for him. I, you know, we I like to throw curveballs at him. So um, we'll see he can handle him. He's a four hundred hitter at the plate, man. Shane yeah. can he can he can hit. You want to you want to bring the the gas or you want to you want to go soft on him? You want to throw some off speed? Yeah. He'll he's ready. He'll I got, I, got I got a uh, I got a pretty dirty twelve six that's going to bounce off the plate and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then then you should talk to uh you should talk to Gamecock catchers from 2000 to 2009 when it was the University of Sliders and Curves uh-huh. and every every backstop out there had to know how to they, they pounce on them. Yeah. Oh, goodness, thank God for Landon Powell, for Brandon Pack, for Tim Whitaker. I mean, all those guys got to work out. Yeah, even even my man Trent Klein. Uh for for what it's worth, only Villanova, and then I want to get to saving with you. Only Villanova, uh, Florida Atlantic, Wisconsin, North Carolina, UConn, uh, Houston, Arizona, and Purdue. Those are the only teams in college basketball with more quad one wins than South Carolina right now. So that's, that's saying something for this program, regardless of what the outcome was in uh, Coleman Coliseum just a couple of couple of nights ago. Uh, Gamecocks will be back on the floor against Missouri, as Mike pointed out. I think uh, three – 30 tip on Saturday afternoon. Somebody did ask earlier in the Nana Sports chat box, when is Mike going to call a Carolina game? He's got the Missouri game on the 27th of January in Columbia, South Carolina. So um, uh, any any of you uh, who, you know, maybe have more interest in going to watch the guy call the game on the sideline than the actual basketball game. Oh, stop, stop, Buy yourself stop, a stop. ticket and he'll, <laughs> he'll sign your T-shirt or your belly button yeah, or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always <laughs> – when when somebody actually does ask for an autograph, I'm like, I'm just going to devalue the piece of paper. You really don't. You really don't want this. Um, but 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 no, it 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 will be fun. You'll be there. I'm coming. Yeah, I'll be there. We might get JC. You never know with him. He's yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, Phil, it, it, can we can we see a, a a Mad Dog cameo? I am I am efforting that. We will see how that goes. I think D Love should sing the national anthem. That's all I'm saying. Cool. Uh, hey, I think. I, I'd be there for that. <laughs> she might not be invited back, but it'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, no, and we don't have our February schedule. I don't know after that. Um, I might, there might be another trip to. I had several last year, uh, including that memorable yeah. Alabama game. But um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, shakes down. 
yeah, Lamont said after the game the other day, he goes, we played better against them last year, and we had a better team this year. <laughs> you know, Much, just very, no doubt, very direct. Like you know, it, it just happens. You know, so never well, know. Uh, well, one was home and one was away. You know, like it's Ole Miss thirty points better than Florida. No, um, no. does Tennessee lose at home to Mississippi State? I don't think so. Well, was Auburn thirty-two points better on the road at Arkansas than the Yeah. Rangers? Well, that I was, will say now that I have my something. that was definitely something, and I've got Auburn um, Saturday as, as against LSU, pair of two uh, two, two and O teams, because um, yeah. LSU got Jalen Cook and they're a different team, and I think Auburn's easily one of the best teams in this league. But yeah, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be really interesting to see. And I, I, Arkansas, there's something not connecting there. Mm-hmm. It, it, again, Great. the port the portal Talent, can though. be your best friend, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And I, I mean, maybe Musselman turns it around, but right now uh, he might have he might have his work cut out for him just to get to the tournament. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. Uh, quick trivia question. For anybody willing to answer, we'll send you a uh, pat on the back. Um, Auburn lost their first game of the year against 20th-ranked Baylor, 88-82. They're 13-2. and Can anybody guess who their second loss was to? Oh, sorry, say that. Oh, who are we talking about? I missed it. Auburn, Auburn yeah, is 13-2. and two. They got beat right. by Baylor to, to open the season. Right. They've only lost once since. Does anybody know who, they, who beat Oh, them? shoot. I should know that. Um it was unexpected, I know that. It wasn't like a juggernaut. It was, it was a road trip, though. Okay. Tell me, I don't have it. The, a road trip to the... Uh, oh, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. App State. App State, yeah. Yeah, I watched some of that game. I watched some of that game. Why they scheduled at App State, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but yeah. I App- wanted to check out mountain houses up there around here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> good thing there's not a university in Jupiter. Otherwise, coaches will be scheduling matchups over there. Uh, yeah, App State. I believe they might have even stormed the court mm-hmm. after that game. Yeah. Uh, that's your State. thing. Having a nice year, though. 11 and 4. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. Let's do this. Let's. Uh, let- <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not sure why 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 this cat decided to pop into the Nana Sports chat box with the uh, Clark Griswold eat my rubber burn my dust you know whatever but oh, it caught it. me off guard so I'm laughing well done my man uh, Dad I think it's actually eat my dust whatever Russ. <laughs> whatever, Russ. <laughs> whatever Russ. Rusty I'm right here Dad uh, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue presents the national anthem every day and they've got fantastic fantastic. Food. I just asked Mike. He's eaten it for 25 years. He used to throw rocks at their window to feed him early in the morning. That's right. When he would wake up in the Vista. Uh, BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com if you'd like to order catering. You, do you need a caterer? Do you have somebody getting married, anniversary party, death, whatever it may be? And yes, they'll, they'll, they're, they're, much like wedding crashers, uh, they, they, will, they, they will crash funerals with Billy G's Carolina <laughs> Barbecue. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue.com. Uh, you can also order their food truck. And if you go to CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com, that's where you can order the, the Hall of Fame pack or the All-America pack. You know, those things where they send them to your doorstep. You can get the the Sweet Heat Sauce. You can get the Carolina Bold uh, Mustard-Based, bar- which is that's what, that's what I like. Now, the Sweet Heat's good on the ribs now, but but I, I do barbecue with the Carolina Bold. And then they'll also send you the Secret Spice, which you can literally put on anything. Put it on your cat. 
if uh, if that's if you're you know Asian. Uh, Carolina <laughs> barbecue <laughs> sauce. No offense, Nat. My goodness, this has gone yeah, off the rails yeah. in a hurry. Uh, man, oh man, he's, he's, he's having to get all the the hijinks. Ty is Asian, Jamie. Out of the way well, know, in this hour. We're going to have to be semi-professional at the back end of the next. Well, this is how you remember marketing things. You know, I could put that on my cat. You know, that's that's how you market. Oh, uh, okay. You know, you got to make them yeah. think about it first. What makes you think sure, about it? First? Sure. Um, CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. They'll deliver it to your doorstep. Uh, it's a, it's absolutely fantastic. Everybody should have it on their shelf. All right. When we get back, we'll slide into Nick Saban. That picture over Mike's left shoulder is Nick Saban uh, before a game uh, not too long ago that Mike called on the SCC network, I believe. And um, amazingly, in the last 24 hours, Saban, Belichick, Pete Carroll, they're all brainstorming collectively what the three of them will do next. Maybe take over the world or something. Who knows? So we'll talk about that. Uh, still ahead, Shane Beamer and Stephen Garcia here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Wilson bringing us back 1225 here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Gamecock Traditions uh, is a tradition, certainly in my household, and if you are a Gamecock, it probably is in yours as well. Spread the news. If you didn't know this, they will, you can order online and they will uh, deliver it to you. So you don't have to be in, you know, up there at the village at Sand Hill or out there in Lexington. They would love to have you, of course. It's a a wonderful place to go in and, and spend a bunch of money. Didn't realize you were going to spend. You go in for one thing and leave for leave with 10. That's how it works at places like that. Um, but uh, if you can't get there, GamecockTraditions.com is where I shop. And sure hope all of you do, too. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. As Mike well knows, uh, you worked with them for decades now, Mike. And uh, can't yeah. thank Scott and Kevin and all those guys enough for what they do for, for all the Gamecocks. It me- means a lot. So appreciate that. Don't be a stranger, Scott Satterfield. I want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, yes. Come on, Scotty. Uh, we need to get Come them on, on Scotty. Do some giveaways or something. All right. Um, his his old man was was the best. That's that's uh, his father was a big part of. Uh, well, I mean, basically the founder of the old jewelry warehouse and uh, uh, super super individual. That's who I got to to work with directly uh, during the old jewelry warehouse called the bullpen. Which it's amazing how that stuck for so many years. Um, I'll tell you one I day still how that all came it. together. Yeah. yeah, I still hear that, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. The way the way that came about, just Cliff Notes version is, uh, you know, when my contracts were up, your your typical give and take, like, okay, you do a great job, but we don't have any more money for you. Okay, fine. So, I I said, well, let me uh, sponsor a couple, and that's how Tommy Moody got compensated for the longest time was his his commercials they had no, nothing in the budget for an analyst and i wanted tommy moody for my home games um i just i knew he would add a lot to the broadcast and he did for several years so i had already had a relationship with scott and jury warehouse and i said why don't we have this jury warehouse call to the bullpen and i said I'll tell you what <laughs> that will stick and i'm it, it stuck for i don't know a decade or so and people still remember it to this day i don't I yeah. think they've had anything like that in a while, but uh, had to get it approved, and eventually it did, and uh, it was a lot of fun to do that. Unless you're having one of those games where, like, you're losing. They're and in the, the bullpen inning. in the second inning. Yeah, and you're getting <laughs> – this guy's getting rocked, and that guy's getting rocked, and that guy's getting rocked, and that's another jury warehouse call to the bullpen. You know, but uh, outside of that, it was a pretty cool sponsorship. <laughs> that's another jewelry warehouse call to the bullpen. Hey, it's another out. one. Hey, that guy couldn't get a single guy out. Boy, did he flounder. Hey, let's take another jury warehouse call to the bullpen. (laughs) He's going to need a rocket up his ass to catch this one. That baby's out of (laughs) here. (laughs) Great. Harry Doyle. Um, All right, Mike. um, Really, just uh, at least to all of us who are not, uh, you know, immediately related or, in other words, married to Nick Saban um a shocker uh, and you know it's we just talked about this 
uh, you know, when he was gone and retired, who would be next at Alabama? Right. And we're not we're not exclusive in that category, you know, or anything like that. It, it, these conversations have been happening more and more in our industry, uh, simply because you you feel like the time some was getting closer and closer. Um, being now over seventy years old, and Bama hadn't won a national championship in a couple of years, which Bama fans are losing their minds over. But that's okay; it, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike, you you said it earlier, and uh, Coach Holbrook said it in in the first hour. He's the best that we've ever seen. Um, don't know if we'll see it again. Maybe maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Maybe Kirby's in the middle of doing something very similar. I, I don't know. But as it stands today. On January the 11th, 2024, Nick Saban is the best that we've ever seen. And and he did it his way, as Chad pointed out um, about an hour ago. His way is not going to work for everybody, um, but it worked for Nick. And, uh, and I know you got to spend a bunch of time with him over the years calling games and things like that. Like, tell us about those, those moments, those times. What were the conversations like? I know you didn't just sit there and talk football. No, not at all. So I had five Saban games at Alabama, two on national radio, three for the SEC network. Uh, the first ones came in 2011. Chris Doring and I had them. And so he was still pretty fresh on the job. And he had only, quote unquote, won one national title at that time. He was about to win his second. And uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, Saban, well, he's you know he's ornery, he's intimidating. Uh, I had friends that worked at the Miami Dolphins that told me he was not very pleasant to deal with there. I think that was more he was not in his element. He was not very happy in Miami. And we go into the coaches' meeting, and you know to 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 give a, a setup for it. Every time you you meet with the coaches, uh, the home team, you go there to the stadium, you go in a meeting room. You get the head coach for about a half hour. You get the coordinators, and then you get a couple of players. So we go up there, and Nick was actually great. He was affable. Like, people prepared me for the worst. And, in fact, he was terrific. And that's what I would tell people for years and years. Like, I don't know where you're getting your information from, but Nick is actually a good dude. His players love him. His assistant coaches love him. Uh, He's stern when he has to be, but he's actually – Terrific to deal with. So the last one I had, and this was very telling, last season, uh, 2022 that is, we go out there, and I'm uh, my analyst is a, a former coach, and you know they those coaches all speak their own language. But we go out there, and this is the year they lost two games by a combined four points. So they already knew they weren't playing in the title. So we got a, a calmer Nick, I guess you could say, completely unfettered. And no holes barred. So again, 30 minutes. I start off with a couple of generic questions about the matchup and about the team and about Bryce Young, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I ask one question about the state of the game. That question turned into a 25-minute diatribe on everything that is going wrong right now with college football. And it was so telling. This wasn't a man who was talking out of frustration because all of a sudden Alabama was falling behind. They weren't falling behind. 
They could have easily been in the playoff last year. They got in the playoff, of course, as we know, in 2023. They're always in the top 10. The the streak of top 10 finishes I, I don't think will ever be duplicated. The six national championships. Take a look and I'll go over this later on, the amount of first-round draft picks. Nick Saban, in a 10-year span, has more first-round draft picks than the overwhelming majority of college's football programs have ever had in their lifetime. Right. Um, so Incredible. it wasn't a, oh, no, now I'm falling behind, so I'm going to vent. It was a, I see where the game is, and I see no regulations, and I see players who are clearly just looking for the next best offer financially. And I'm here to try and teach players. Again, this is not an anti-compensation stance. I don't know many coaches that have that, if any. This is a, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. And it's not being done right. And it's the same thing you had a number of Hall of Fame basketball coaches express. But now when you see a legend of college football step away, and by the way, the game has not passed him by, Okay, uh, he absolutely relates to today's players. Ask anybody who played for him in the last few years. He hasn't lost that ability. This is not get off my lawn guy who can't relate to the twenty-year-old kid. That's there's none of that. This is just a you know what I don't I don't like where this is right now, and I don't need it. And I truly believe if we had guardrails in place and if we had the system set up properly and functioning properly. I think he'd still be coaching at Alabama, and they'd still be contending for national titles. But everything he said in that 25-minute diatribe, I mean, I barely said a word. I just sat back, leaned back in my chair. You see my little laptop there. And I just listened. I just listened because it was so telling. Now, he's not the only coach that expressed these types of things to me in meetings. But when it's Nick Saban doing it, the greatest coach in the history of the sport, and he's telling you everything that's wrong with the sport, damn it, that carries a lot of weight. It carries a lot of weight. So when people say, were you surprised at the news? I really wasn't. I really wasn't because we, we haven't gotten a grip on any of the things right now that, is, that are plaguing college football, the sport. And so I think a, a, a guy like that who's got more money than he's ever going to spend who's got a legacy that's never going to be topped, finally just said, no, I don't need this anymore. I'm done. And you could question the timing of it. You can question a lot of different things. But I understand it. And Alabama fans probably don't want to hear it. But if you really listen to what he feels about the state of the game, and I hope he doesn't go away. I hope he has some role in college football. If it's not TV, it's going to be something else. Uh, Listen to this man. Because he's coming at it not from a angle of bitterness or he, of failure, quite the opposite. He's going out. I know he didn't win a title this year. He's still on top. <laughs> Look at what yeah. Alabama does even when they don't win a national title. He's still the man. Uh, he's telling you that it's broken right now. It needs to be repaired. And in its current state, he just doesn't need to be a part of it anymore. And that ultimately is what drove him away. Uh, so I, I, I know one thing that in our lifetime, hopefully we're all fortunate enough to live a really long time, we're not going to see another man do this. We're not going to see another college football coach win seven national titles, one with LSU, six with another program, in an era where it's not just a bunch of random polls voting and this team 
says we got a national title by Pro uh, College Football Weekly, and the other one says, well, the Sears catalog said we won the national title, so we're going to claim a national title. He won it in a BCS era and a playoff era. You had to earn every one of those titles. Everybody's gunning for you, and he did it in the toughest conference in, in the country. So hats off. I, I, we are privileged to have watched him work, yep. and uh, I, I can only say that, again, it, it, anytime I ever had a chance to call an Alabama game, anytime I ever had a chance to have a conversation with him, it was I don't get awestruck by much anymore, but it was pretty uh, amazing to be able to do that and to be around a guy that, again, when it's all said and done, he is the unquestionable goat of coaching college football. Yeah, I, I I think what you just said was, I mean, spot on, beautifully said, and and we talked about a lot, a, a lot in the first hour too. Phil and I did, Mike, about um, being able to tell our like what we were on our text about last night, being able to tell our grandkids, and like you know we we got to watch this guy, and and I and I think too that like the, the there's a part of me or a piece of me as crazy as it sounds that only feels like he's kind of just getting started too because. I think that he can help college football and actually college athletics in general a lot more by not being the head coach at Alabama. True. Um, and, and, and I don't know if that will mean that he just jumps out front and center and, and he's on TV all the time, or if he's working behind the scenes and doing the things that he needs to do and talking to the people he needs to talk to and kind of helping steer the ship. I want to, I want to read a quote uh, for what it's worth. Uh, is just my, my thought on this. I think Chris Lowe is the best, college football writer out he there. broke it um yeah he, broke, he, he broke it and he's got now on espn he's got it he spent some time with nick this morning he's got a real story up and and to back up what you just said a minute ago i'm gonna read this um quoting from chris lowe here he said saban was insistent though that the changing landscape in college football was not the reason he was leaving however this is from nick directly quote don't make it about that it's not about that to me if you choose to coach you don't need to be complaining about all that stuff. You need to adjust to it and adapt to it and do the best you can under the circumstances and not complain about it. Now, I think everybody is frustrated about it. We had an SEC conference call, 14 coaches on there, which was yesterday, and there's not one guy you can talk to who really understands what's happening in college fo football and thinks that it's not an issue. And obviously referencing NIL being used as – pay for play and the transfer report on all those things so clearly he's saying don't make excuses you still got to go out and play and do the things you're supposed to do to win in the era in which we're in however what era are we in basically like we're all still yeah. confused by what's going on here so you know not, not to talk over you with everything that you said that was very eloquently said um but i i think that if he chooses to and you know that they will be knocking on his door everybody will be for something tv or whatever it may be mike um, but if the college football powers knock on his door, as you just pointed out, I sure as hell hope they're willing to listen because he's probably the actual one guy out there who can give you the actual answers um, that would that would get this thing back in line with where it needs to be. There, there's no doubt. I, I mean, now you can do it and you can say things and it's not portrayed as self-serving, right? Because if you say something now, well, then – the Auburn fan or the Georgia fan is going to say, oh, you're just bitter because you didn't win another title. Or That's not it. And and what, what you just read, translation to me is, 
I don't want my legacy to be I left because I was upset about the, the current structure of college football. And that's the, that's the right thing to say. But make no mistake about it. Like I said before, if we didn't have utter chaos, he'd still be coaching. If we didn't have utter chaos, Jay Wright would still be at Villanova. If we didn't have utter chaos, the other coaches that you're about to see walk away from this uh, would still be coaching in, in, in the sport that they love and doing what they love, which is to teach young men the sport of football. That's why they got into it. Uh, that's why Nick Saban got into it. So, you know, I, I, I hate th- this other side that just – it's so typical of what's going on in, in, in the country. It's like, okay – I've got to hold firm to my stance, so I got to stay over here. And any and if if I sense that they're trying to not pay players with anything in their in their you know comments, then I got to attack it. I got to go after it. That's not what Nick Saban is saying. That's not what these coaches. They're not saying I'm against players getting money. That's not it. It's the way it's being done. It. I had a. <laughs> prominent uh, basketball coach the other day tell me he was talking about NIL and he said what we already know but he just said it let's be honest guys this is not name image likeness we are buying players yeah that's what's going on we are buying players so this is a hall of fame coach I'm talking about um when you do that and you have the portal where you're just poaching players just tampering at the professional level. We don't. I don't know what we call it in college. <laughs> uh, for an extra few grand, you know, all this is poisoned. I mean, it really is. It's just it's it's poisonous for the sports that we love. Now we know college football is such a beloved product that nothing can destroy it. It's indestructible. It's Teflon. Uh, I always made the comment for years and years of having a mythical national championship, then a bowl coalition, then a bowl alliance, and a BCS, and all these laughable ways of determining who should be the champion. We still tolerated it and justified it because we love college football. And no matter how much fans are like, I, I don't like what we're doing and it's turning into the NFL, you're not going anywhere. You love it. You're not going away. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're not. It's the second most powerful sport. It's not even close. It's the NFL and it's college football. And then there's a chasm before you get to the rest. So college football has never been more popular. It's also never been more in need of some immediate repair and Nick Saban is as good a candidate to help with that. Now, whether or not he wants to get his hands dirty in it versus play a lot of golf in Jupiter and, and run his Lamborghini dealerships, um, I, I I know that I might choose that instead. You know, I'm 70-something years old. Miss Terry wants to go to Italy. Let's go to Italy. Why do I want to deal with these clowns and worry about NIL and the portal? But he would be the most qualified, no question. Could you imagine walking into a car dealership and there's Nick Saban ready to sell you a car? You know you're walking out with whatever he pitches you. Like, you yeah, can't I mean, nobody could down. say no. <laughs> no. Right now, like... love. Right now, love. Chevy is on the phone, going, "Nick, man, we could really use you on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable selling some trucks here at Love Chevy? We could. We would gladly take you on. I mean, this one now. This one here is four by four. I. Okay, so you know, here, here's what you can do with that. All right, all right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's it's Your inventory uh, would have to be complete with fully loaded everything. <laughs> it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 we do need to step aside because I know we got to come back and slip into the 
drive around the SEC. We got plenty on uh, Nick. I've Saban got breaking news up. on that too. By the way, there's a premier quarterback that announced he's coming back for yeah. an SEC school. I'll tell you about it after the break. <laughs> That's right. So we'll step aside. Still ahead, Stephen Garcia and Shane Beamer here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is it's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Ready to go on the Love Chevy drive around the SEC. What are you chuckling at, Jamie? You look like the the the, the cat that just drug something in. You got a you know what eating grin on your face. What's going on over there? I did you see our messages? You I must have you... private chat. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, the, the private chat is where the okay and Beaver. Uh... Don't don't read it. Oh, <laughs> okay, I got you. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, all right. Uh, trust me, folks. It's funny. Um, 
Let's get to it. Home of the the one thousand dollar price guarantee. It's our fine folks and friends at Love Chevrolet in Columbia. If you're looking for a new truck or car, cannot recommend anybody better than the great people at Love Chevy. Let's start with college football news not surrounding Nick Saban. This came in literally ten minutes ago. Remember, we've got to get used to saying Texas and SEC. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers announces he will return for his senior season. If you're Arch Manning, I mean, are you getting a little bit restless there? I know you got a lot of NIL money coming in, but you're going to have to wait another year on the bench because they're not going to bench Quinn Ewers after the season he just had. So another... Do you think Arch will follow Sarkeesian to Alabama or no? <laughs> wait a minute. I thought you were on the Lane Kiffin. Are you backing off your Lane Kiffin no. stance that we just had a week ago on this show? No, I'm still in lane. You're still in the lane, Kiffin. Okay. I hadn't thought about Sark until Holbrook texted me last night. He said, what about Sark? I was like, hmm. Well, look, you connect the dots. Sark uh, went through the, you know, as I mentioned last week, he, he went into Lake Saban, right? The the Lake Saban redemption. He get fired. Works. Yeah, exactly. So it's like Lake, uh, what was it, in Purple Rain, Minnetonka? And you, 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 Clint, what do you mean? What do you mean? Sarkeesian can't handle that job. If he can handle the job at Texas, after all the crap they've been through, he can handle it at Alabama. What? I totally disagree with that. You just channeled your inner JC and got worked up over somebody. Oh in no! I no 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 I Clint's my guy. He, he knows what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not being a jerk. I totally disagree with that. Though I think that Sarkeesian can handle the gig. You got to wonder if the Saban departure had some sort of influence on that Ewers decision it's possible I I mean look bottom line is the 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 candidate the all right let me get to Saban in a second you're we're jumping ahead here thanks a lot Clint (laughs) way to go Clint you uh so Quinn Ewers is uh is coming back and what will be another healthy stable of quarterbacks returning in the southeastern conference Uh, there are there is some coaching news that doesn't involve Nick Saban, you know, after hiring Blake Baker, one of the best young defensive coordinators in the country, who also has ties to Nick Saban, Blake Baker, I'm talking about LSU now, hired Blake Baker. Well, then what do they do? They hired one of the hottest defensive line coaches in the country, and Bo Davis. Bo Davis is part of the overhaul of the defense at LSU, which couldn't stop anybody despite having a bunch of elite talent. They hired defensive line coach Bo Davis, who spent the last three years at Texas but also coached the defensive line for the Detroit Lions, UTSA, and Alabama. I mean, when you're losing assistant coaches in your Texas, that's 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 new territory, right? Like, they're not used yeah. to having that happen in Austin. So, no. And we know Texas has plenty of money, but, yeah, they gave, they gave them an insane – a seven-figure deal for a D-line coach. That's where we are now for some programs, not for most – yeah. Uh, but that's that's what they went. They they are they are all in on van, revamping that defense. That is for sure. We talked a lot about Saban. I, I, I realize it's easy to just get bogged down and like, well, he's great, he's great. What? Else? Well, let, let me just throw some numbers at you, okay? So, seventeen years in Tuscaloosa, he leaves with two hundred ninety-two wins. That's the fifteenth most all time. Two hundred ninety-two wins, four Heisman Trophy winners for a guy who staked his claim on defense. 49 players selected in the first round of the NFL draft. 49 players 
first-round picks in 17 years. How many programs in the history of their 100-plus years playing the sport of college football have had 49 first-round picks? Jamie, I know the way your brain works. You're already Googling how many have the Gamecocks had. Am I right? You're about uh, to. Well, you can't help yourself. I thought I knew, but I don't think I do. Well, what do you, give me an estimate. What do you think I it is? I was like 11 or something, but I might be... I was thinking. Eight. I want to say it's a little higher than eleven. No, is it? Do we need to throw that? Do we need to throw that trivia question at Shane? Three man roster, though. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get Shane on in a little bit, do we need to throw that trivia question? And see if he's got the answer. Maybe he has the answer. Hey, Shane, I don't know. Pop quiz. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's. I'm sure he's hoping he can get. He can get uh, more than eleven during his tenure. But yeah, forty. Nine first-round picks, seven national championships, six at Alabama. Um, I, I mean, these are just records that aren't going to be broken. And how about this, uh, to get to dig into J.C.'s realm a little bit, Saban and Alabama dominated recruiting by far and away the most top-ranked classes since 2010. Just since 2010, how many, think, how many times do you think they had the number one-ranked class in the country? 15, by the way. It's 15 for South Carolina. 15. Okay. So Saban has 49. Carolina has 15. Uh, the answer Isn't is, it- uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I I, thought it was more than 11. Yeah. 15 is good. Yeah. 15 is you know, progress. We're getting there. Um, the uh, 10 and 13 first round say 10 okay yeah yeah there you go yeah there you go 10 10 number 10 one. number one ranked classes and it would be more than that if the guy that he helped train to get the, the georgia job kirby smart started didn't start getting number one ranked classes the sec's won 13 national titles over the last 18 years alabama's six account for nearly half of that oh by the way i have to just tell uh this little story remember he was the second choice Back in December of 2006, you know who Alabama fans wanted? I, I've got something coming up on this when Shane gets on. Yep. Steve Spurrier. Okay. When, you're, you're jumping ahead. I, that's part of my story. In 06, they wanted Rich Rodriguez. Right. I yeah. was going to say it was Rich Rod, right? Okay. And he's yeah, available. Yeah. He was the first one. Then, yeah. Right now, they can go get him. Rich Rod, yeah. Rich Rod turned the job down. Mm. Wow. Can you imagine that? He turned the job down. And returned to West Virginia. Well, thankfully <laughs> I'm for sorry, Alabama. Man. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and then to your point, Jamie, I'll never forget. A friend of mine, uh, right around this time, called me up. He goes, Mike, you got to listen to. And this is before there was an SEC network. Feinbaum was just doing a radio show in Birmingham. He goes, you got to tune in online. And I listened to it. And it's. Bill Oliver, longtime defensive coordinator, friend of the Feinbaum program, who knows Steve Spurrier, and it's all these callers going, "Man, I'm telling you, I'm here. I'm hearing it's done, Paul. We're getting Steve. He ain't gonna stay at South Carolina, and if he can go to Alabama, that was a real thing, folks. Yep. That was, was a real. If, if Steve wanted to, Bama was in play. He didn't want to. He stayed in in Columbia, as we all know, and obviously put together the the best stint in the history of the program. Uh, finishing up with basketball, as I mentioned earlier, we are now running out of uh, undefeated teams in the SEC. They're just two conference games. There are five. They are Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia under Mike White, 
who Florida couldn't get couldn't wait to get rid of. And he said, okay, I'll leave before you get rid of me. And they're 2-0. and Florida is 0-2, as well as Arkansas, A&M, Missouri, and Vandy. And then there's four 1-1 teams right in the middle. Ole Miss, Carolina, Mississippi State, and Tennessee, who I had last night. I'm looking ahead to the Saturday slate. Tennessee at Georgia, Vandy at Ole Miss, Kentucky at A&M. Arkansas at Florida, I'll be on the plains for LSU at Auburn, Alabama at Mississippi State, and yes, the Gamecocks in Como, not an easy place to play, and that'll be at 3.30 Eastern time. And that is your love, Chevy. Drive around the SEC. Very well done, Mike. A couple quick parting shots here before we hit a timeout. Steven Garcia will join us next on the other side. Um, Dan Lanning, uh, I've seen it in there a couple times. Dan Lanning is not leaving Oregon. He's made that crystal clear. If you haven't been following along on social media, they have been putting out some trolling-type videos. Matter of fact, they even said, if your head coach is leaving, come play with us here at Oregon. Uh, How about Mike Norvell? Yeah, he's uh, he's not leaving. Mike Norvell is a name that's uh, picked up some steam. You know. I think the usual suspects will be in there, and it'll be one of those guys. Um, I'm going to stand by my Lane Kiffin. Stand by Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I, look, I call Hey, him. look, I don't think that's a crazy – you're not the only one that thinks that. Now, for years and years, I said I don't think Dabo is the, going there, and I stand by that years and years later, and I'm not sure if that's even a, a choice today that Alabama fans would rejoice over the way they would five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Lane for various reasons. But I could be absolutely wrong. You could be absolutely right. Uh, the Dan Lanning thing, whether or not he says all the right things, they're definitely going to make phone calls. Like If they haven't already contacted Dan Lanning, I'm quite confident that there's channels of communication. You know how this goes. You go through the agent. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sarkeesian's an interesting name. Norvell, with the, with the future of Florida State football and the ACC in the in – the, tenuous state that it's in you can't outrule that name uh there's quite a few and alabama fans love anybody who's got any ties to alabama that's not norvell but some of the other guys i mentioned do so i i think it's going to be a fast and greg byrne remember he didn't hire saban he's only been on the job since 2017 now he right. struck gold with the nato tire but this is this is how ad's he's been living a charmed life being the ad under the reign of nick saban now you got to make a hire to replace the the best coach in the history of the sport. A lot of pressure on that man right now. There's a lot of pressure. No question about it. South Carolina, by the way, added quarterback Davis Bevel out of the transfer portal. He is a preferred walk-on. They are not done pursuing an additional quarterback. More on that down the road. Coming up in the final hour, we'll be leading off with Steven Garcia. Anybody remember 2010? We'll remind you. Huge Shane win. Beamer also ahead in our final hour here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It's 2024. And it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving Williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time, 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. 
Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
to the big old cock is the gift And one of us chickens got to change his first, first, first You ain't just a bird, bird, bird You're the top of the coop, star of the show You're the rooster who's born to grow You're the top of the coop, star of the show You're the rooster who's born to grow Let's go down the crow to Tracy Wilson. Yeah, you know. You got it, crow. Mike Big George, 1984. Michael, 84. Sterling Sharp. Steve Tannehill. Brandon Bennett. Old Eric Kimberly, Jamel Kelly. Ryan Brewer. Stevie G. Yeah, they were all born to crow. And so were you. The great Michael Haney and born to crow. Uh, Of course, you can find him and that song on the Chief Sports app. And uh, he's done a marvelous job. Your old partner, Mike Morgan, up there in Nashville now is his singer-songwriter. He's done a wonderful job. Oh, I'm so and happy for him. One of the best I, phone calls I ever made. My my producer, Keith Allen, left to do the Kirk Herbstreet show in Columbus, Ohio, back when Kirk was living there. And I'm scrambling. I've got this show, and I, I, I fought hard to get it budgeted to have a producer because my old station wouldn't pay for one. So we just, like, had to take calls on our own and nope. No screener, and I was like, can we just do this right? And so I needed somebody who was good on air, could do updates, mm-hmm. and do guests, book guests, and, and make the show sound good, and uh, much like Mad Dog Phil Molinex does on a daily basis, I needed that guy. And I, I honestly, Columbia didn't have that guy. And somebody said there's this guy in Greenville working at a small station there that you might want to call. And uh, I said, look, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but somebody said something good about you. I said, here's what the job entails. It doesn't pay much, but, you know, it's a great opportunity for a young guy like yourself who wants to get in the business. And if you know anything about Michael, he's so chill. He's like, yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> and I'm like, you understand what I'm telling you? Like, this is going to be really a great opportunity for us. Like, no, I'm excited, man. I'm yeah. in. I'm like, are you, are you sure you're excited? <laughs> I'm very excited. Can't you tell? Yeah, you sure you want this job? Just like Michael Haney. <laughs> no, man, I want it. Oh, you want me to start next week? I'll be there next week. I just, I told you I'm excited. And that's how we got Michael Haney. And then eventually we, you know, launched this All Sports FM, and my they made Michael work like a dog and didn't pay him more money. And I finally said, Mike, your passion is music. You're not getting um, the promotion that you deserve over there. If you want my two cents pursue your dream brother move to nashville and give it a shot and if it doesn't work out i promise you i'll hire you if you ever decide to get back into sports radio i'll find a job for you man because but but i want you to never look back wake up one day and you're like 45 and you're like i i never did what i should have did yeah and i'm just i'm so happy for him because he's obviously very talented and he's never been happier so good for him well that song helped us uh bring in this guy, Steven Garcia, was the architect of that upset that you just 
Got to remember there at the top of the hour, October 9th, 2010, as Nick Saban and his Tide walked into Williams-Price Stadium number one and on a winning streak, and they walked out losers because of what he was able to achieve. We're glad to have one of the great GOATs to ever play quarterback for the Gamecocks from down in Florida, Stephen Garcia. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How we doing? Well, we're better now. How, how are you doing? You've been out there shoveling sand and stuff, you were saying? It's been not, it's been nonstop shoveling. Uh, we got ten tons of sand at like eight thirty this morning, and then we just got another five tons of Tahitian granite that we are putting alongside our uh, turf next to our cypresses. It is. I'm exhausted. Can you? Can you? Are you on the? Are you using your phone? Yeah. Can you spin it around so we can see what Spin It Athletics is doing down there? Because you've got your quarterback academy. Holy smokes! Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we're all all of nice. that. Yeah, that that's all getting uh that was all mulch. And there's old wifey just shoveling the <laughs> shoveling the stuff. <laughs> there's nothing better for a new mom than to get out there and shovel dirt and Oh yeah, know. look at it. <laughs> man, dude, that is awesome. Hey. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's been it's been a long long morning so far. Well, well, I'm glad you. I really appreciate you making some time, man. I, I know we were interrupting you. First of all, you just you just had your your third child. What? Gosh, it couldn't have been what? Maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, so we actually share the uh, the same birthday, and we also share the same birthday with my dad. So he was exactly 35 years older when he had me, and I was exactly 35 years old when uh, we had Scarlett. What? Yeah, nice. Never. How's everything going? I bet she's Good, beautiful. Man. Yeah, she's uh, she's up and walking around. She's She's in her little crib right now, all pissed off. She'd rather be out here running around, but <laughs> that's all right. That's all yeah. right. There's plenty of time to go. Well, congratulations, man! And she's got a, a big brother and sister to, to teach her the ropes, so that'll be that'll be fantastic. So, For sure, sure. I, I I immediately thought of you last night when we um, when we got the news that Coach Saban was was retiring. Uh, what did you, what did you think when you saw that news? Well, I, my son came out here as I was telling you guys earlier he was out uh shoveling some of the mulch and removing it and he was sitting on his phone i was like memphis get off your damn phone dude like i need i need you to work this is what you got to be doing and he goes no way uh nick saban just retired and i was like who the hell cares get the mulch done because uh, i mean truthfully i was like dude there's no way he's retiring but um yeah i mean it's that's it's pretty shocking but i don't you know, I'm glad you asked me because uh, I, I don't think it's very shocking, to be honest, man. This, I'm, you're going to see more and more coaches start, you know, kicking the bucket and retiring with all this NIL stuff, man. These, these, it is aging these coaches significantly. What do you think about all that stuff, man? Well, I mean, I don't blame the kids one bit. Uh, you know, I don't blame them one bit for for leaving and trying to chase as much money as they can while they why they can, you know, or while they can. Uh, but you know, it's. There's no, there's no loyalty anywhere, anywhere, um, anymore at all. So, you know, it's kind of double-edged sword, but you know, that's, that's what these guys wanted and that's what they got. And now they're, you know, kind of paying, paying the price for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, Mike was talking about this earlier. He spent some time with Nick, uh, you know, prior to calling one of their games, um, on, on ESPN last year, I guess, Mike, or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And he said that he, he talked to him extensively just about like, None of it's bad, you know. Nil and bad and things like that, but like, there's just no guardrails to anything, Stephen. Correct, one hundred percent. Got to, got to figure something out, right? I mean, 
I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe that's what he'll yeah. do now in retirement. I mean, it's it is the wild, wild west, and it's it's crazy as hell. And you know, selfishly, I wish I would have been able to you know get a part of that. But you know, <laughs> it's it's definitely changed the landscape of of college football, and not for the better, in my opinion. What would have been your go-to NIL uh, opportunity at Carolina? Uh, I don't know. It probably has something to do with that. It sounds like this. Hey, Stephen, yeah. I'm curious. We were talking about the 2010 game, and I'll, I'll never forget where I was when I was watching it because that was my first year with the Braves. I had a game that night, but I had the day off. And so I had a chance to watch it. And you remember at that point, there was the CBS jinx for Carolina, right? Couldn't couldn't beat anybody in that 3.30 CBS yep. window. Um, but so you guys, I mean, came right yeah. at him. I worked, I worked with Barrett Jones, offensive okay. lineman on those Alabama teams. And he goes, I, we, we, just, we were shell-shocked. We did not expect that. He goes, I couldn't get Sandstorm out of my head. He goes, I can still hear it in my head. 10 years later, and he said they were just the better team that day. But you, you get off to the great start. It wasn't like you had this, you know, come from behind fourth quarter win. What was said at halftime when you're leading? What What is Spurrier telling you guys in order to preserve the win and finish off a team that's very hard to finish off? To be honest, I do not remember a damn thing that was said at halftime. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a long time ago. Um Oh, come on. But, it's the uh, biggest win of your career. I mean, it's – you beat Bama. Yeah, the, the only thing I can remember that – really that entire week was how relaxed Coach Fourier was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kept saying, like, give fate a chance. Like, that was his, that was his like, slogan or whatever. Um, so, I definitely remember him saying that all these years ago. But, uh, but yeah, as far as, as far as, like, a halftime adjustment or speech or anything, right, it, it wasn't very memorable because I, I can't remember it at all. <laughs> Did, did you talk to Saban after the game at all? No, I just said, like, you know, good game kind of deal. Just shook his hand. That was it. Yeah, because he didn't – when he was getting to Alabama, he he didn't recruit you, right? He got there – you were already at South Carolina. Wasn't that the first yes. year of seven? Yeah. 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 So, have you ever had any interaction with him at all? No, I have not. Yeah, nope. I, 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 I mean, certainly know – obviously, Mike has, and I know some other guys who have, but – um but I, I was all. I'm always been interested, like for to talk to somebody who was actually recruited by him, and like so, what that was like. This, this guy that uh, a buddy of mine. Um, I was actually telling Masha about this last night when I saw it on the TV. Um, I was telling her like one of my buddies that played for Michigan State when he was coaching over there. Um, I guess he said Coach David called like a team meeting and was like. <clears throat> hey guys, uh, just so you know, you know, you got the weekend off, you know, don't worry about workouts this weekend. It's all good. And I'll see you guys, you know, bright and early Monday morning. And they're like, okay, that's weird. We never have the weekend off. That's something's fishy going on. Next thing you know, they see it on uh, ESPN that he left and went to, I guess it was LSU. And they were like, what the hell? That's kind of, you know, effed up. So is that where is that what he's doing now? He's going to the Patriots or the Seahawks? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I don't know if he wants all that smoke. Um, nah. no, Steven, no, no. I, one of the other guys I, I've, I've worked with and gotten to know quite well uh, is Aaron Murray, who's another Tampa guy. 
uh, and he, he says hello. I know you guys have crossed paths uh, over the years, but you you both did something that I think fans would be curious about, and that you spurned all your home state schools. He goes to Georgia. You go to South Carolina. I remember doing a talk show in Columbia when the news came out that you had, you had signed for a program that didn't get a lot of blue-chip quarterbacks. I mean, that was major, major news at the time. But kind of just take us through that uh, recruiting process because Tampa, look, it's an hour and a half from Gainesville. You're not that far from Tallahassee. A lot of those kids, you've been in Florida their whole life, and that's where they want to stay. What, what put it over the top for you? Well, first off, I hate Gainesville and I hate Tallahassee. I, I, okay, I well, there it is. <laughs> I do not like either one of those cities at all. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I was I was not a huge fan of, of either one of those cities. Uh, you know, I took visits to both um, Florida and uh, Florida State. Just didn't like it at all. Um, and, you know, the thing that came, or, you know, that popped in my head the most during that whole recruiting process was Coach Burry was like, you know, you can go to – go to Florida, go to Florida State, go to Oklahoma, go to the Notre Dame, uh, go to these other schools that already have all this tradition and all this history. Or you can come here where historically we've kind of sucked and kind of start your own traditions and your own kind of legacy. And, you know, I guess I did that in a couple different ways. So, you know, (laughs) no regrets. (laughs) It wasn't wrong. Right. Yeah. No no regrets. No regrets, Uh, man. It's not credo. The going back to the to the game in, in um, that week, were were you as locked in all week as you were that Saturday? I mean, it 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 was the same for me as if we played like a Furman or Walford or any other school. To be honest with you, I mean, my objective really? was to go and just freaking absolutely wreak havoc on defenses. That's just what I wanted to do. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, Coach Spurrier was as relaxed and calm that week of practice. I don't think he expected us to win. So I think it was just like, you know, who the hell cares? Let's just go out there and let Steven be Steven. And, you know, I wish he would have done that a little more often, but, you know, poo-poo happens, as they say. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Like, when you say that, like, you just kind of treat it like any other game. That's how Steve was, right? Like, he just just walked in there every week. He just dialed up plays. It didn't matter who they were playing. It seemed like he never got – he definitely got more amped up on, uh, you know, people would think like Clemson or something, but he didn't really care about that. He he definitely Florida game. Really? He, yeah, that week that week of practice, you know, playing against Florida was – that sucked. He was – every little thing just pissed him off. And if you missed a – if you were late to something or if you missed anything, he would just absolutely crucify you. So, yeah, Florida week was, was hell. Well, whatever he did to piss y'all off in 2010 worked because you beat the yeah, hell out it, of him. It, it, that it did. That it did. So – I was talking to Flint last night um, about about the the upset of, of Bama at Williams Bryce, and, and and we were just talking about just generally in athletics. I think about it from a baseball standpoint because I was a, I was a baseball guy, but Michael was like, "Dude, he's you know that that day you could tell from the get go, you could see it in Steven's eyes. He was just locked in." And he was like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter the play call. It didn't, it, none of that mattered. And he was like, you know, every time the ball went in the air, it, he, he was he was saying he could have had to throw it to one blade of grass 50 yards down the field and he was going to hit the blade of grass. And and I find that interesting because, again, I think about it from a baseball standpoint, you know, hitting the baseball, it looks like a beach ball or it looks like a golf ball sometimes. But, like, w- what is that like as a quarterback when you walk out there some days in a ball game like you did that day 
and it didn't – every throw you – even the ball that was snapped over your head, you were so accurate, you pitched that one <laughs> off the goalpost. I mean, like, everything was working. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to I wish, you know, Coach Spurrier would have just let me do that my entire career instead of trying to micromanage. But, you know, I wasn't exactly easy to get along with. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But, you know, that's that's the thing, man. I mean, I'm still out here training guys, and there's nobody out here that I'm training. There's – NFL guys that come back here, there's there's seven or eight D1 quarterbacks that are starters. They come back here, not one of them can throw the ball better than me. That's just, it's my God-given talent. And, you know, I wish I wouldn't have been so hard-headed, you know, with Coach Spurrier. But, like I said, you live and learn, and it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, if there's a blade of grass, I can probably still hit it. Steven, is there a particular play in the playbook that you relish and maybe you even remember to this day uh, and maybe you even remember the the kind of the nomenclature for it. You know, I always get a kick out of when coaches and players are able to recite a certain play that worked well for them. Was there a particular one in the passing oh, there's, game? There's several. There's several I can rip off right now. Um, give me, give me one. Give me, give me, give me a little taste of what that sounds like in the all huddle. Right. So we'd go um, B trips right, zip, blue slide two, Wahoo steamer Z. And who's that ball going to? Who's the primary? Uh, we go to uh, the tight end. We look at the tight end. Well, first we got to find the boundary safety. Boundary safety stays on the boundary. It's going to typically be open middle. So we're going to either hit the tight end right over the uh, mic between the Sam and Mike, or uh, hit the Z on the uh, cover two seam. You know, right in front of that uh, field safety. How much you had the ability to digest that really quickly i know you that was one of the you were a very bright guy even coming out of high school but some guys struggle with all that right that's a lot to take in yeah i mean i definitely struggled uh my first year in there and in the in the offensive playbook because it is it is a mouthful but you know once you get the hang of it once you get accustomed to it it's it's very easy to recite and remember um going up to montreal that was an absolute cluster you know what trying to figure that out because there's you know there's 12 guys on the field there's you can have multiple guys going in motion, um, forward, laterally, backwards, uh, and and Coach Tressman literally tagged every single route. Uh, it was it was like learning Chinese. It sucked, but yeah, the the Coach Spurs playbook was was not easy either. But you know, I obviously was in there for five years, so I can I can recite it pretty quickly. Well, like I feel like I've so it, it wasn't easy, probably on you as a quarterback. But I mean, like talking to wide receivers and guys that have played other positions they all say it was fairly simple yeah it was like for them it was yeah yeah they they have they knew what they had to do on on each each play you know i got fans so like wahoo uh was the tight end going across the field to the opposite hash um steamer z was d running the uh our z running the steam route and then x and b they just knew what the hell to do on that given play call we didn't have to tag x you know x5 or you know, B9. So for, for the 80,000 quarterback coaches that sit in the ballpark and yell at everybody every week, when the ball is snapped and a play is blocked well, how much time on average do you have to make the decision where the football is going? Do you know the answer? Are you, are you tricking me no. or what? I, I, have, I have no idea. I would I would assume it's it's got to be un, under two seconds to make that read. I mean, it shouldn't even be that. I mean, obviously, I know college and pro guys are disguised, you know, can disguise their defense a lot better. But for high school guys and little league, I mean, all you got to do is just find the boundary safety. That's those guys can't lie. 
corners and the field safety, those guys can kind of bullshit you a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, you find that boundary safety, you should know what coverage it is, and then, you know, just go from there. But, yeah, I mean, two seconds is two seconds is an eternity in, uh, in the college or in the quarterback world. And in the SEC, I mean, you know, when yeah, things yeah. happen and they start throwing stuff on the field at you and telling everybody how bad you are and getting on Twitter and, you know, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. Give them two seconds to go out and make a decision see what happens, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They tell you to go back to Mexico. <laughs> like they told me that. <laughs> who, who told you that? <laughs> the freaking, the little moron uh, student section in, uh, in Tuscaloosa in 2009. <laughs> they, got, they got all their little bow ties. It's 900 degrees. They got their bow ties on just sweating their ass off. Hey, Garcia, take your ass on back to Mexico. <laughs> I was like, I'm Cuban, you assholes. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, God. Y'all had a chance to win that game, too, till they oh, started snapping it to freaking Ingram the whole time. I know. I know. That was, I think he won the Heisman off that game alone pretty sure he did as a matter of yeah. fact and then the, the, the next year i think cam won i spent off of beating y'all twice yeah yeah <laughs> i have one last one i have uh, one last one for you steven and in, in terms of marcus Lattimore, i mean he was such a workhorse before the injuries was there ever a time that he got tired i mean was there ever a time where you just kept feeding him and feeding him where he went in the huddle and go i gotta check out here man i, I this you know it's 27 carries i'm a little winded you're gonna to have to repeat that. I kind of lost you there for a second. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, Lattimore went such a such a workhorse. Was there ever a game or a time where he went back in the huddle and said, "Man, I'm I'm gassed. I I need to check out or don't give me the ball here." Or was he just like a machine out there? Yeah, he was. He was an absolute machine. Yeah, he, I I don't ever recall him ever saying he was tired or he needed a breather or any of that stuff. Yeah, wow. he. Uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, shit, in that that 2010 game in in Gainesville, he carried I think 37 times. Yeah. I mean that is a that is a lot of that is a lot of runs against any team, let alone a freaking SEC team. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was getting stronger as the game went along as well. For sure. Um, we'll let you get back to work. We got Shane coming up next here, and uh, isn't it amazing to to see the guy who was your assistant coach for for four years at South Carolina leading them? I know they they struggled, you know, to finish at five and seven this year, but um, but you got to like what he's doing here in the offseason to get the ship oh. corrected. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's one of the good guys, man. I'm so happy for him that, you know, for at least he got the the opportunity to come back and, you know, call the call the shots. And like I said in the in the very beginning, man, it's, it's this NIL has changed everything. Um, the transfer portal has changed anything and or everything. And I feel bad for him um, because he's a hell of a coach. And I think the future is definitely bright. We just got to figure out a way to keep these damn guys, you know, at home. They're working on that. They're working hard. That's where JC is today. Hey, look, man, you, you know that you're always, always welcome around here. Uh, I know you got to get to work, but um, uh, spin at athletics. Are you going to come? Are you coming up soon to do any camps with Perry and those guys? Or I got to talk to him. I know he said I think like late February. Um, okay. You know, because he just had his his firstborn, so yeah, he's yep. he's trying to figure out that whole that whole fatherhood situation. Yeah, it's, but yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to come up there, you know, sooner rather than later, and you know, get a camp going. But I'll definitely keep you posted and let you know. Yeah, shoot me a text, and, and we'll um, we'll do what we can to to push it all out and, and all that type of stuff. But uh, really, really happy to see you, my man. Congratulations on on uh, Scarlet. 
and uh, and and the, the stuff there. I keep your, I know your wife's working hard back there, so we'll see. Not uh, anymore. She's 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 taking a breather right next to oh, me now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll give her a hug for us, and we really appreciate you, man. Good to see you. Happy New Year and all that, and um, and we'll see you soon uh, back in Columbia. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate y'all's time, and thanks again. Always, thanks, always. There you go, you, uh, Stephen Garcia. Uh, quarterback I think we always just, will be a quarterback of the Gamecocks. Yep. I think we just stumbled upon the new tagline of our show. Like, you know, you I'm see like a-holes. I'm, I'm Cuban, Cuban you a-holes. A-holes. Right there, there's, the, there's the new tagline for ITG. Uh, I'm Cuban, you a-holes. Well, I'll put that right under the name. Right now I, I, I have. Say that may not be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, put that on a hot key, Phil. You might need it at some point in time on the program. Well, I tell you what, instead of stepping aside, because this guy we know doesn't have much time in his arsenal, uh, he's been kind enough to lend us a few minutes today. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll slide a break to the end of this segment. Go ahead and get Coach Beamer in here because he's working uh, here in the offseason. Uh, yesterday, listening to the news like all of us heard with Nick Saban retiring, we reached out last night, and for whatever reason, you were gracious enough to give us a few minutes, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, hope you guys are busy is right. I'm getting ready to hit the road recruiting again tomorrow and start a class this week. So a lot happening in Columbia and a lot happening across the football world for sure. Oh, so where are you going tomorrow? Who are you going to see? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's a good, well, it'll be local. I know that. We got some uh, we got some team uh, team activities here uh, with our team tomorrow morning. And uh, so that'll finish up late morning. So if I, wherever I go tomorrow, it'll be local. Don't have, uh, don't have a lot of travel, uh, uh, capabilities tomorrow. Cause I won't be able to hit the road till about 12 noon, but we got half a day and tomorrow night we'll make the most of it. Well, as you just saw, we had, we had your man, uh, precede you here. He's drinking beer on the air. You're not drinking beer in the office, are you? <laughs> no, I'm a water brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> Today. Um, there were there were some late nights this season where, uh, hey. were <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, look, man. Um, with what with what y'all go through as coaches, I don't know how you're not drinking beer a lot more than you probably do. Uh, <laughs> dealing with some of the stuff y'all deal with, but it is what it is. So, hey, look, man. Thanks, thanks a lot. And, and we're gonna let you get back to work here in just a minute. Uh, hope you and Emily and your kids had a happy New Year and and good holidays. I know. December, you'd much rather be on the road getting ready for a bowl game. Um, and as you've told me before, December kind of sucks to be a college football coach with everything you'll have to deal with now because you don't get to sleep. You, you, you miss Santa Claus flying in, you know, but um, but we sure hope you, you, you got to spend some quality time with your family. And then yesterday we find out that Coach Saban is retiring. Yeah. I mean, when you heard that, like what went through your head? I was shocked. Um, I was uh, was on my phone actually and saw the tweet from Chris Lowe. So originally I clicked on it to see if it was a fake Chris Lowe account because um, that was my first reaction. Like this can't be true. Somebody made this up. And then it was just honestly shock. I mean, we were, I know there's been some articles out there and it's true. We were literally on a SEC head coach's Zoom yesterday. Um, started at 11 a.m. and we finished up a little after 12 noon. And he was on the call from his office. He was an active participant in the Zoom talking about a lot of the stuff you were talking about. 
the, the transfer portal, the recruiting calendar, NIL, all that stuff that's going on in college athletics right now. He was an active participant on that. So I don't know, maybe maybe he got off that call and said, the heck with this after dealing with listening to that call for an hour. I don't know. But, yeah, I was shocked. But, you know, then once you realize it's real, you just sit back and, you you know, the, uh, the reverence that I have for him, the respect I have for him, what he's accomplished, the way he's gone about his business is, is immeasurable. And it's a big loss for college football. Shane, I, I told the story earlier that in 2022 is the last Alabama game I did on the SEC Network, and you know how it is. The TV guys come in. We sit down with you for 30 minutes before you roll out the coordinators, a couple players, and usually it's about the game. It's about the depth chart. It's about keys, and this was 25 out of the 30 minutes Nick used to go on a diatribe about the unhealthy state of college football. And that's the only reason why I wasn't shocked by the news yesterday, because I could tell it was really getting to him. It yeah. just goes against the fabric. It's not as if he was slipping. It's not as if he couldn't relate to players still. The game certainly didn't pass him by. He just didn't – he wasn't a fan of it. And every coach that I've talked to off the record says the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You're part of the younger guard of SEC coaches. I mean – when you a new a, a a piece of news like this, if this doesn't set some wheels in motion for change and guardrails and everything else, you know what does? Can you can you use this news to maybe get a little more steam behind a, a movement to get some more structure in a sport that desperately needs it? Yeah, I would hope so. And again, I don't want to speak for Coach Saban and his reasons and, and don't want to directly attribute it to, you know, some of the things that are going on in college athletics mm. right now. But it certainly doesn't help. Um, and he's been outspoken about that, some of the changes that he would like to see and some of the things that, that aren't, you know, sustainable and, and healthy for the game. And to me, that's one thing about him is is he always was about what was best or what is best for the game of football. And I always have so much, have always had so much respect for him because when when change has come, he's been he's never been slow to adapt. He's always, you know, managed to like stay ahead of everyone and stay on the cutting edge. Um, and and I think it's an unbelievable uh, attribute that he has. But certainly it's uh, it's a different time and uh, in college athletics and the one that he came into, the one my dad coached in, the one I got into, it's changed so much in five years, without a doubt. And you got to continue to adjust. And you're right, we do need some guardrails and, and do need to get some things a little bit more structured because it's, uh, it's there's a lot of great things about the, the game and the profession, don't get me wrong, but it's really, 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 really tough right now in a lot of ways, just building a roster, maintaining a roster, um, you know, and, and – we can we can be better, and there's no doubt about it. I'm just now, curious your, your dad's thoughts because he's part of that same kind of generation. I'm sure they have had conversations at some point during their illustrious careers. What yeah, does your dad he, say about uh, Nick Saban? Uh, just the respect, and that's the thing about Coach Saban. Like he's just, uh, you know, my dad coached against him when uh, Coach Saban was at LSU, and my dad was at Virginia Tech. They played against each other, and and uh, my dad was able to come out on top that day. Virginia Tech was, and then coached against him in Alabama when he was at Alabama, and my dad was at Tech. And there was a great respect, you know. Coach Saban's a, a rural West Virginia native, and my dad's a rural uh, Southwest Virginia native. And and that's one thing I appreciate about Coach Saban is anytime we have uh, uh, SEC meetings, we do two of them, two of them a year in person. The SEC head coaches with Commissioner Sankey one time a year in uh, Birmingham in February, and then uh, and then another one in in uh, 
May down in Destin. And, and literally, whenever I see Coach Saban, the first thing he always does is just ask me how my dad's doing. And, and uh, that always has meant a lot to me and appreciate him always, you know, saying that. That I, I was going to ask you about that. The first thing I wanted to do is ask you about the report from J.C. Sherbert that Saban, Belichick, and Pete Carroll will be joining your staff as analysts. Is that true? <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm not going to say no. If, if that's the case, I'm going to kick back with my feet up on the desk and just recruit and, and let them handle it. <laughs> that's why J.C.'s not here. He's busy typing this thing up. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I, I was going to ask you what your relationship with him is like uh, because I, I, I feel like um, – you know, anytime that you listen to him speak, you learn something. I, I, and, and I don't just mean that about football, uh, Coach. I, I don't know that he – that you could say, like, he's had this impact, whatever that is, on college football. I, I, I think he's had an impact on college athletics. I, I think he's impa- had an impact on a, America. I mean, I, I think he's done more for a lot of people in this country than – I'm not going to reel you into this – than you could argue that – a lot of politicians and presidents have done. I mean, this guy is when he speaks, people stop and listen. I was curious what you've learned from him. Yeah, just sad. I mean, I think he's he's. Uh, you would think, you know, I talk about some of those league meetings we go to. A guy of his stature, um, you can tell in those rooms the respect that every coach has for him in those rooms. And you know, there's not a lot of people. I think very few people in those me in those rooms, fellow coaches, I mean, call him Nick. I never have. I mean, it's always Coach Saban. And we're talking about established head coaches in the SEC that treat that say that to him. And it and it's it, it is a respect. One, the because of what he's done on the field, but how he carry carries himself and does things off the field uh as well. You know, and I've always I told somebody yesterday I was doing an interview and one of the coolest things for me was when I got the head coaching job here at South Carolina, literally the very next day, he called me just to say, hey, congratulations. Welcome to the SEC. If I can help in any way, please let me know. And and that that was like kind of like a holy crap, Nick Saban called <laughs> me, you know, type moment. And and it just kind of says something about him. I mean, nothing that he made public or anything like that just did that. And I think it goes back to. Yeah, he knew my dad, and and I had interviewed for a job with him right before I came to South Carolina, actually, back in 07, when he got the job at Alabama. He interviewed me for a job and met him then, and, and that was a crazy experience, but a great experience for me. And so I knew him a little bit before I came back into the league, but my respect for him over the years just grew. Uh, any book that has ever been written about him or that he's been involved with I've read and, and uh, he's somebody that I constantly learn from even just watching, you know, press conferences and, and interviews and things he does, you know, as a coach still to this day, um, every, every time that he was on camera, I made sure I was listening because you could pick up something from him. That is. So do you hear that? He, he so he interviewed you in 07. I was going to ask you about 07. We were talking about this earlier with Mike uh, when, when coach Saban got hired, down there, they had initially uh, attempted to hire Rich Rodriguez, and then he stayed at West Virginia, right? Yep. And then, and then they called Coach Spurrier, mm-hmm. and Coach Spurrier said, "Well, you, you probably need to hire that Nick Saban guy. He's probably your guy. I'm gonna stay right here." And so, you know, Coach Coach Spurrier, I've heard him say before, coaching is all about timing. I, I, 
I don't know if you believe believe in that or not, but he said coaching is all about timing and how things work out and this, that, and the other. And I was going to ask you today, you know, if Coach Spurrier had said, you know what, I, I think I will go to Alabama. Let's give this thing a shot. If you would have ever ended up at South Carolina and if wow. you'd be where you are today. Probably not. It's it's crazy how it all works. It really is. I mean, I think about all those things. What if this person had gotten this or what if this had happened and things like that? Um, probably not. Who knows what would have happened? But, yeah, I was coaching at Mississippi State in 2006 and um, and had a relationship, obviously, was good friends at the time. Still am with Kirby Smart. And I'll never forget Kirby calling me and saying Kirby was with the Miami Dolphins was saving at the time. And uh, Kirby calling me and saying, hey, I think Coach Saban's taking this Alabama job. I've already given him your name as somebody that he should interview for like a special teams tight end position. And uh, and he got the job and literally his it was crazy. I'll never forget his first day in Tuscaloosa was the day that he interviewed me for the job. And so wow. like, he literally like the day he arrives, this is his first day reporting to work and Here's Chris Mortensen from ESPN was with him that day. And it was myself. I think Kevin Steele, who was already there as the defensive coordinator. So Coach Steele was with me. He had like three coaches that he there that day that he was interviewing for jobs. I was one of them. And uh, that would have been whatever, early January, second week of January, something like that. He ended up hiring. Um, I think he ended up, he was very thorough, as you know. I think he ended up hiring Ron Middleton. Um, he ended up hiring him. And then about a month later is when Coach Spurrier called. I went back to Mississippi State, finished up recruiting with them, signing day. There was only one signing day back then. We had signing day in February. And then right after that is when Coach Spurrier called and the rest is history. But yeah, it's crazy how things work out. Uh, who knows what would have happened if, uh, if things had gone differently there. So you see that, Mike? What we just heard is had Saban hired Shane we wouldn't be having this conversation. He'd be the head coach at Alabama. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Or just yeah. as easily like Tuscaloosa Academy coaching high school. Where the game is still pure, Shane, where the game is still pure. You know, I, I one thing too, as I look at it uh, across the board, and again, I think of your dad and I think of Bobby Bowden and I think of, uh, Saban now and and all these coaches that long tenured and in many cases long tenured at one particular spot and I just wonder if we're about to lose that I, it, it doesn't seem like this is this is set up for for coaches to be at one spot for very long or even be in the game for very long as a fan I hate it uh, but as Nick himself would say, it is what it is, right? Adapt or die. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that, on, on kind of the new nature of a, a lack of continuity, which uh, is always a setback uh, for a program whenever you make a coaching change, but uh, just the, the difference in nature of, of the lack of continuity in, in college football. Yeah, it's, uh, it's completely uh, different. You know, I think, one, you're going to see – more coaches in one place for less time, whether it's because they go to the NFL or they just want to get out of it and do something else. And a lot of that is because of some of the issues that, you know, I'm not trying to get on the soapbox talking about how bad we had it because there's a lot of really great things going on. Don't get me wrong. But mm -hmm. the structure, the calendar, the things like that, it certainly wears on people. And I think that's why you've seen guys like Coach Saban get out of it, why you see um, 
uh, Mike Krzyzewski, your retire, and Roy Williams and Jay Wright, the basketball coach at Villanova. I mean, a lot of guys that you could argue were still somewhat in their prime that got out of it. But then I think also it's just it's a different time. My wife and I were talking this morning, honestly, and, you know, I've said this story before, but my dad at Virginia Tech in he, year one, he won two games. Year two, he won three games. Year four, three and four, he won six games and then six games. Year five, he won five games. Year six, he won two games. And they hung with him to the seventh year. So he had four of his first six years were losing seasons. And then they hung with him because the AD believed that he was making progress and doing the right things and was on track. And then the next thing you know, they 93, his seventh year, they go to the Independence Bowl, win nine games, and then the rest is history. And he goes down as a college football Hall of Famer. But that would never happen in today's time. Mm-hmm. No, and he wouldn't have made it to his third season. Going start going two and nine and three and eight probably, but mm-hmm. you know it does. Uh, it it does take time, and I just think it's so much of a. In some ways, it takes time. It's different now with the portal and things like that. But you know, certainly patience is thinner. You're expected to win now, and and you combine that with uh, some of the issues in college athletics. I think the days of you know coaches being at one school for a long time. Not that it's not going to happen. I mean, I've said it before, and I mean it. I'd love to be here for a long, long time, as long as they'll have me. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just uh, in a lot of ways, you see a lot of coaches that either want to get out and move on or stay ahead of the posse or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's it's amazing to look at his career and, and think that, I mean, look what he achieved. I, I Mike said it earlier, I don't know if we'll see that again. I know Gamecock fans hope they see it and they hope you're the one leading the, the charge, but it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. That, yeah. that or you could even argue, y'all know better than I do. If I'm, I read a book that on uh, Mike Shashevsky, like if I'm not mistaken, like he, his first two years at Duke, or I saw the thing on there's a documentary or something out on Mike Shashevsky at Duke, like his first two seasons as the head basketball coach at Duke were awful. Um, and then it was year three or year four where it took off. And you just think, you know, if you had somebody that said after year two with Mike Shashevsky back to back losing seasons in the ACC, we got the wrong guy. And who knows how that story ends as well. But, yeah, it's, it's different. But you know what you're signing up for when you get into it. And, and there's a lot of ways to make your team better quicker than, than you had in the past. So, like Coach Saban always did a great job of, you can sit around and complain about things. You can find a way to adapt and, and make it a positive for you and your program. And that's what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to do. Coach, one last one for me. I, I talked about, of all the accolades of Nick Saban, the most staggering number is the first-round draft picks, which he, he had more in – his career than most universities have had in a hundred years. Um, obviously, recruiting and evaluating talent something that uh, he was pretty good at. Uh, turning it to to you and your program, as, as if you don't have enough to juggle. I'm curious, how many phone calls have you gotten, and will you get in the next few weeks about Spencer Rattler just trying to teams trying to get a little extra insight on what they're looking at and what is going to be a really quarterback rich draft. Yeah, quite a bit. I think it'll pick up. A lot of those Mike, those conversations took place during the fall, you know, because we're 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 open to NFL scouts around here every week, every day of the week, you know. So NFL scouts know they can come watch us practice anytime they want throughout the year. So you've got NFL scouts and personnel people that are that are coming in and watching you practice throughout the season. And when they come, they want to steal five minutes of your time to talk about, you know, Spencer and your other guys also. So a lot of those conversations took place uh, during the season. But now is, 
the season's winding down and the NFL teams are getting ready for the Senior Bowl and Combine, East-West game and all that stuff as well, those uh, those calls will really, really pick up as well. But, you know, excited for Spencer. He did a great job the last two years, put himself in a great position uh, going into the draft, improved from 2022 to 2023. Obviously dealt with some adversity this season with some of our injuries on the offensive line, as you guys are aware, but hung in there. And I think if any, I know he gained the respect of a lot of NFL teams with the way that he, one, played this past season, but two, how he, you know, handled himself and carried himself and the pro that he is. Right. Boy, you hit the nail on the head when he committed to this program. What what an outstanding teammate that kid yeah. is. Uh, wow. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to play in the league for a while. Uh, he's he can throw it as good as anybody, and like you've said, he's he's just a phenomenal kid to have around. Coach, we'll, we'll let you run on that note. I, I know you got all kinds of stuff going on, and hopefully you'll get a chance to get down here to the beach soon. I got I got to get Michelle Wilkins. I don't know if you've ever met Michelle. She owns electric bikes at Charleston. I got to get her to get you one of those electric bikes so you can cruise around out there when you're down, <laughs> yeah. uh, cruise around the island, and you know go see. This, the things and stuff. Well, like that. I'm a I'm a big bike rider. I'm old school though, so we never oh. uh, never we never turned out any kind of uh, new school type <laughs> stuff as well. But love to be outdoors and love to be on the yeah. bike, so we, we can step up our game a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can muscle up from her over there. Um, but anyways, hey, look, man, great to see you, and and really really do appreciate you just stepping right in like that. I, I didn't even think you'd have the time, but uh, as you always do, you, you made some for us and 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 for everybody else. So. Thanks for what you do, and, and we look forward to seeing you pretty soon. All the best to your family. I appreciate it. Thanks to you guys, and appreciate all you guys are about. I'm glad to do it anytime. And keep up the great work. All Thank right, brother. Shane. See Thanks, you, man. Y'all take care. Shane Bye-bye. Beamer, the head football coach of the Gamecocks. Awesome stuff. Uh, I, the, you know, a, a couple of things just from from Stephen Garcia and Shane Beamer today that that I didn't know. I I, I didn't know that he was interviewed first year in Tuscaloosa for for with Nick I I was not aware of that that's pretty pretty fascinating stuff I mean how old was Shane in 2007 I mean he had to be a around 30 had to be he's I think he's 10 years older than I am yeah probably about that right I mean just to just to sit in the room with Nick Saban at that point uh remember Nick had already won a national title at LSU so he, he he wasn't just successful at Alabama. He had his track record of success is uh, pretty phenomenal to uh to say the least. That was great. Great get by uh by you guys to 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 have uh, Shane on there and really appreciate him taking out the time. I I know we've got uh, limited time left. I do want to mention one of our great sponsors of the Power Hour and the ITG program. It's Ryan Brewer of Ryan Brewer Fence. One of the listeners pointed out that the website is having a little bit of problems for some reason, ryanbrewer.net. That's okay. They're still very much in business and still very much helping you folks out there. Uh, You can just give them a phone call directly, 803-973-5571. That's 803-973-5571. Uh, no matter what you might be in the market for, obviously new fences, as I got years ago from Ryan Brewer when he just started out. It's still standing strong, by the way. Uh, they do it on time. They do it at the right price. They get you what you want. There's no better company in the state of South Carolina in that realm. And fencing is not the only thing they do. Uh, you can, when the website is up, you can check that out. But you can also just give them a call when it comes to uh, gates, so many other things, railing. Uh, they can take care of all of it. That's uh, Ryan Brewer Fence, and again, uh, one simple 
uh, phone number to remember, and you can dial them up, and you can let the 15 years of experience help you, 803-973-5571. And I will uh, back up everything Mike ever has to say about Ryan Brewer. He's an outstanding human being, and we can't thank him enough. Um, we do have one quick final break we need to squeeze in. Let's do that, and when we uh, come back, we'll begin to wrap things up here with the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks of the Show. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Touchdown, Brewer! Set up a screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer! His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns the corner. Touchdown, number three of the afternoon. Hey, folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that, too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job, just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. It's our uh, final segment on a what's been a busy Thursday. Here on awesome show, man. This show. Uh, Good job, guys. Up with the uh, group. Well, no, we take our cues from you. You're the golden tones. Uh, uh, I'm but, just yeah, happy to be part of the team. Surround ourselves with those that do better yeah. than we do to make us better. <laughs> yeah, really, really do. Can't thank uh, Coach Beamer and, and those guys enough for, for coming on. Really, really, really nice of him to, to, uh, 
spent some time with us. He's uh, Shane is a one of the good guys, as uh, Stephen Garcia said just a little while ago, and I uh, really appreciate what he does. Um, Mike, wanted to get some quick thoughts from you. We won't talk to you until next week, but uh, the SEC could be turning upside down again this weekend in college basketball. We all well know the Gamecocks are on the road in Columbia, Missouri. As you pointed out, Mizzou is 0-2, so this is kind of a quote-unquote desperation type, got to have it, ball game for them. Uh, but Alabama is next up in Starkville. Watch out, Tide, 8.30 SEC Network Saturday night. Also, Tennessee is still on the road. They now will walk into Stegman Coliseum where there's some life amongst the Bulldog basketball fans. And Kentucky is in College Station, and A&M is trying to avoid going 0-3, and we know that they're a good basketball team. Just some of the things that – Stand out. I got. I got a feeling Saturday could be a could be another one of those chaotic type uh, type deals for SEC basketball. Certainly could. And uh, you know, I mentioned last night on the broadcast that after we were done with uh, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Florida, Ole Miss was after us. There was going to be a good basketball team that could very well be in the tournament. That's going to be looking at an zero and two record, which is always dicey because then you're just one one game away from 0 and 3 and that's a huge hole to dig out of in this league this year. So, uh it's going to be a grind, there's no doubt about it. I think the Missouri game is intriguing. Look, they lost a, a Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown who were all SEC players. They're not the same team. Um but they are well coached. They it is a dangerous game. Going to Como is not a cozy place to play. And so the Gamecocks will be tested, no doubt. If you can steal that one on the road, and I always use that term because a road game in this league, that is a steal. Uh, you can steal that one on the road, go back home against Georgia. Man, that's a that's a great way to start things off uh, in conference play. Mike, well done today, my man. Uh, I enjoyed it. Appreciate is, all you do. I know you're still in Starkville, so uh, I mean, the maids were knocking on the door when we had uh, Shane Beamer on. Uh, I did get my Salsaritas fix. It's one of the few SEC towns, other than Columbia, that has it. So Suki, that's for you, brother. Even though you don't get any compensation for the Starkville Salsaritas, but that's fine dining here. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to be back home, sleep in my own bed before going to Auburn, Alabama. Hmm. for the game on Saturday against LSU. Auburn right. is really good, and their home crowd environment, all 9,000 people, it's, it is unreal. It's, it's become one of the best home court advantages in college basketball, and I never thought I would say that. And if you'd like to listen to the Golden Tones, you can. It's 6 o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network Saturday evening. A pair of 2-0 teams in the league, LSU at 10-5, and and undefeated in SEC play. Auburn, 13-2 and two undefeated in SEC play, but one of them is going to have to lose. That's how it works. Somebody's got to lose. No ties and hoops. Have to lose. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thanks to uh, Chad Holbrook, Stephen Garcia, and head football coach Shane Beamer for spending their time with us today as we say goodbye to Nick Saban uh, and uh, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. Hey, by the way, nobody's even talking about the fact that Kevin Steele just retired last week. The whole staff's retiring in Alabama. Who's next? Yeah, on somebody. Yeah, I was looking at that. My my internal theory is not going to happen because there's nobody there. Yeah, <laughs> nobody there they're, to take that job. They ain't going internal. They're oh, going external. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, from without. By the way, Gene Chizik. I heard an interview with him today. He doesn't sound like he has any intention of getting back into coaching. But um, 
Here's a little over-under for you guys. So by the time ITG signs on Monday at 11 o'clock Eastern time, will Alabama have a new football coach by then? Or do you think it drags on a little bit? I don't know about Monday. It'll be quick. I think think it's done over the weekend. You have to think they already had a list in case this happened. Right? So then you make the phone call. And who says no to Alabama? Well, there, I think there are a couple coaches that would. And that's where this thing becomes really intriguing. And somebody is going to lose a really good, established college football coach. They ain't hiring a coordinator in Tuscaloosa. No. Um, <laughs> it's going to be – and I think it's fascinating because people – it's so easy to forget. There's probably a generation of 20-something-year-olds listening right now that think Alabama was always this good. Go back after Stallings departed uh, in, what, 97, I think? Uh, yeah, because he was there, set, or maybe 96. They went through a spell of Mike DeBose, Mike Shula, Mike Price for a month before he ran into Destiny in the panhandle. Um, and I don't mean that as a, a theoretical term. I mean that as a person. Um Alabama football is down, downright mediocre for a decade. So there's no guarantees that whoever you hire here, they're going to win another half dozen national championships. I, I think it's a fascinating story. I can't wait to see it unfold. I was uh, I down there for a part of that. Dabo, I hope it's quick enough to where he does the uh, opening press conference with that nice shiner he's got. I told Flint last night I was going to ask Shane to show me his knuckles today. But I, I didn't <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 good buddies. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know that they are they are good friends. I don't think Shane decked him, but I think it was oh. Tyler from Spartanburg. <laughs> so I think Tyler hunted them down into a parking lot. Came up from behind, said, "Hey, Dabo, <laughs> how you like me now?" And then just walked <laughs> off. <laughs> I think he was a Marine. Thanks to uh, Chad Holbrook. Uh, Stephen Garcia and Shane Beamer. And always thanks to the Golden Tones of the great Mike Morgan and Mad Dog Molinax. Uh, I'm assuming we'll see JC tomorrow. Hell, I don't know. Y'all know as much as we do at this point in time. But I can tell you this. Mad Dog and myself will be here uh, with another good group of guests to get you into the weekend. Uh, Until then, have a thirsty Thursday somewhere with Dixie Vodka, the presenter of the Chief Sports Network. See you tomorrow on ITG.